This is Naoki Yoshida. This is Fern Hall. And you are listening to Aetherite Radio. Aetherite Radio. Here we go. Alright, hello everybody and welcome to Aetherite Radio, Gamer Escapes Final Fantasy XIV podcast. I'm Fusion X. Joining me today, we've got a full house. We've got Sinidra, we've got Aldino, we've got Rook, and we have our guest reviewer for Patch 5.5. He is the managing editor at Gamer Escape. We have Mr. Josh McGrath, also known as Firemarth. Welcome, sir. What is going on? I never thought I'd actually be part of this podcast when I started at Gamer Escape. It's so th- you have come a long way, if if I may say. <laughs> I mean, you know, you used to be the person we would go up to, you know, Square Enix's room at PAX to to do their demos and see their presentations, and I'd be like, "Hi, this is Josh. He's the only person. Literally, this is literally how I presented him one day and int- introduced him at, at at a PAX. He's the one guy on our team that doesn't play fourteen. You didn't do that only <laughs> once. You did that every time. Did I do it multiple times? Okay. I mean, PAX and I E3. Mean, Rightfully so, I mean, to be to be fair. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna have to agree with Fusion here. I mean, rightfully so, absolutely. I mean, we're glad that we have you now, like an experienced gamer, but a young Padawan here in Final <laughs> Fantasy fourteen to review yeah. this. I mean, you finally gave in to the peer pressure and the incessant <laughs> teasing from Fusion. So that yeah. and I, I was also a few beers in and bored. I figured, why not try the uh, free trial, which was uh, yeah. back before it was most, the most meme. Of, yeah, which a lot of things started. <laughs> it did not include Heaven's Word at the time, so no. I did not get to join this, in on the. That's meme. okay. You're uh, through it. You don't need it. This this is a, a, a little a little bit related, a little bit of a tangent. So uh, yesterday, near replicant uh, released. Uh, if you buy the I I know physical, where you're going. if you buy the physical game and you open it up, there is an ad insert for the Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy. For, the, for the free trial of Final Fantasy fourteen <laughs> that includes the critically acclaimed expansion Heaven's Word. Uh, and I just, it's that good, good amazing. cross promotion. You know, oh, the collaboration man. went both ways there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you know, it makes sense, though, because if everything that happened in Final Fantasy fourteen is canonical, like Yoko Taro says, then obviously you can't get the full near experience unless right. you also play Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, I don't know if I will want the full near experience at this point. It's crazy <laughs> enough being on the outside we, of it. We will most certainly be talking about that, uh, I'm, I'm sure. So, um, this is the Patch 5.5 review. Um, we are going to be talking about spoiler things. So, if you have not done the MSQ, the dungeon, the trial, the raid, uh, we love you. Maybe sit this one out. If you don't want to know what happens. So uh, we don't want to be responsible for ruining anything, especially that Sorrow of Orlet uh, storyline. Mm. So good. I'm sure that before we start uh, any given section, we'll be like, this is the time we're going to talk about blah. And you can be like, oh, I have to leave. Bye. So, you know, keep <laughs> yeah. telegraph it. Don't worry. Or, or maybe maybe these people just want us to tell them a story instead of experiencing mm. it through the game. We are great sounds, storytellers. I mean, I feel like cool. at least with the near raid, our telling might be better. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard. So, so I have some spice today first, that I've first been off, up. Yeah. you're not wrong. But secondly, like I can't tell it because I don't know what it is. <laughs> so I once There's upon a dwarfs? time there were dwarfs. One of them was a robot, and the end. Mm. I blame drugs. That's yeah. the story. Right. I am still. I am still. 
Aldino, the more that this week has gone by, the more that I think that your like wild theory that you threw out during our no spoilers <laughs> patch 5.5 last week, where you were like, I think the repeatable quests will give you some kind of bonus cut oh, or something God. if it like ticks off a marker. I, I am more convinced than ever that it's a real thing because it just doesn't make sense to me otherwise like to right. have that repeatable quest, have like no rewards. All right. I, I just, <laughs> we, yeah. we will no. get to it. We yeah, will get I to know. it. I also have thoughts on on those. So um, mm. let's 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 find the button here. All right, patch five point five review. Let's do it. Uh, first up, we have the MSQ. Um, mm. So with this, we're it's it's a little bit different for the patches, right? Because this is the part one. So we'll have a part two, which means we had some stuff teased. You know, Xenos is like, I'm going to pick a new weapon, and it's conveniently placed behind this pillar, and you can't An see awkward, it. Awkward, awkward pillar. I Very lost it. I was sitting there and I was like, no, you will not. No, you are not. Yeah. Final Fantasy 14. You show me that boy's new weapon. You show it to me right now. And then it was like, the end. <laughs> I would love, I yeah. honestly, I would love a side quest with Fan Daniel just shopping for different weapons. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, yeah, this one looks cool. We'll take this. And then he just comes in and just like whoo, throws them all into the room and some of them just stick into the ground. And he's like, okay, pick one. I think that would be Which great. Which one of these is going to make Xenos love me? Let's find mm -hmm. out. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was a big teaser. I mean, this definitely was like a ramp up patch. And I don't know about everybody else. Like, overall, I really enjoyed the MSQ, especially, oh my gosh, everything with Tiamat. Like, that mm. in particular just absolutely got me. Like, I loved yeah. the lore with Maricidia. I loved getting more information about her, the dragons, like the entire way that it fit in with Lunar Bahamut and the like characters they chose to bring to that moment and Estinian and like how in so many ways those moments, it's not just about like Tiamat's reconciliation and like growth and future. It's about all of them. And it was so good and I loved it. Uh, man, the Tiamat stuff was really fantastic. And I think it was mm. probably the big, the big thing that stood out for me with a little bit of Fordola sprinkle because Fordola is just so excellent as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, for me, too, Matt, definitely. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's always been kind of, even in Heaven's Word, it was just like, here's Tia, Matt. Just, here, here she is. She's yeah. sad. And they, yeah, she's, she's sad she's, for an interesting reason. But yeah, she's, she's sad. She's sad, and, she and that was here kind forever. of it. And they're like, okay, oh, we're going we're gonna to bring, we're going to bring her back. And then Astinian. Like they go to, like he's totally like playing Tiamat the whole time. He's like, it's like, you know, Tiamat's like, well, what do you what do you want me to do about it? I'm just I'm here. I'm just grieving. And Asinian's mm -hmm. like, I want to know what the hell you're gonna do when they're killing your kids. <laughs> and Tiamat's like, oh, okay, I should probably do something. Like Maybe he's not. really just Maybe right. Oh, it was so good. And then we we totally called mm -hmm. this uh, way back when just goofing around. We were like, ah, oh, this is gonna be the expansion slash patch for moms. What's a yeah. mom we haven't seen in a while? Tia Matt. Yes. There she is. Yeah. And then uh, it's like, okay, we got to go off to this dungeon. And the Sidian's like, I'll meet you there. <laughs> he just jumps he off just the Tia Matt. Yeah. I was actually okay. a little shocked. Like, Tia Matt's just like, yeah, sure, that's fine. What? It's it's the, I, I, I was half expecting right? Tia Matt to just be like, they, they be like, didn't Did actually like, talk about it at all. I would have liked for them to like make mm. note of it. But I guess well, it was just like through the eyes, you know? Well, I mean. He says something about like uh, Nidhog wouldn't let me sit her, you know, let her sit here while this is going on. Yeah, but he says like. that to us. He doesn't yeah. say anything to her, so like she just That's has true. to know, I guess. Well, dragon. we do, we do yeah. know, yeah. Like with the dragon thing, we do know from oh gosh, I think it's actually the Dark Knight quests, right? With uh the little 
the little girl who is an elf. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> is that a dragon? We've got a dragon outside of my apartment in the city of Chicago. Apologies, everybody. Tiamat wanted to come way in a little bit. Um, no, so, like, we do know from, like, that quest that it does seem that dragons are able, like, in that case, there's, like, blood that's been, you know, imbued into the lineage of that young elf girl. And the mate of the dragon was able to see within her, like, the mm -hmm. ethereal imprint and the blood that was left by their mate. So, like, it's very possible that dragons can perceive things and, like, see that. Like, she may have been able to see that Nidhogg is continuing to live on in Istanian. I, I mean, honestly, it felt okay to me because I think it's really incredible that Astinian's journey has brought him to this point, right? Mm. Like when he's talking about being stuck in a cycle, like talking about grief and like how she has basically like halted all of her own life, her own existence, the, you know, the responsibility that she has to others to just be mired in this emotion when he himself was driven by vengeance in a single-minded way, which brought him together with Nidhogg, even as it brought him into conflict with Nidhogg, who was also acting out of grief and vengeance because they'd both lost somebody important and Astinian had lost his family and she had lost Bahamut. And it's like such good storytelling. <laughs> it's so great. Like, I loved that culmination. All right, so everyone here is really excited going on about Tiamat, all the uh, exciting story uh -oh. events uh, that happen uh -oh. around Tiamat. Chats are going off about Tiamat. I can't be the only player who completely forgot Tiamat was a thing that ever existed in this game. You know game. what's really sad about this, too? You have more recently done the storyline than right. any of us. <laughs> I did Heaven's Word maybe less than a year ago. Yeah! Right. Tiamat... Unless it's unless he, she showed up in some side content I hadn't done, has not been a thing in the game since the end of Heaven's Word. I mean, nope. it's true. And no. suddenly brought back. No. Yeah. yeah, no, you're right. I mean, like, yes, I think that she stood out to me so much because that, like, location, the music, her, like, the moment that she had to me felt really powerful. It's funny because I feel like more people probably remember Tiamat, although it's really interesting that you don't, uh, than they do are involved. Who is... I know so many people. <laughs> yeah, I, so many I, people this patch who were like, "Who is that man?" <laughs> okay, so mm -hmm. when I saw him, I was like, "Okay, I know who that is." But before that, when you were like, "Name," I was like, "What?" So yeah, when the, when the uh, trailer first came out, I was seeing posts on Reddit. Oh, that sounds like Arnvald's coming back. I'm like, who the heck is that? <laughs> and I had and it, until I started the patch, and the dude with the you know the white face paint showed. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Oh, this guy I haven't that seen guy. in six months." I mean, yeah. you know, we, we, we say that, but then, much. you know, the entire mm -hmm. basis of Shadowbringers was like, hey, remember that side quest with the raid? <laughs> like, can we? Yeah, that's true. Can we loop that's back true. around to Astinian really quick? Yes. He was Absolutely. such a nice boy. Oh, my gosh. He's been such a grumpy grump the whole time in this, <laughs> this particular patch. He was such a nice boy. And I'm just that's like, true. who are you? What happened? And how did you mistake those twins for each other? Yeah. That was the highlight of the MSQ for me. <laughs> oh, it was so great. That only meeting that, Alice, eh? Yes, um, that and oh, uh, Mr. Mr. Tia with his, <gasps> yeah. you're a stadium. It's, it's so, so great because you go into that thinking that kind of the opposite is going to happen, right? Alice say jokes right. about like, oh, I'm sure I'll be weak at the knees when I see him and stuff. And then she gets like super pissy, hates him completely because he yeah. calls her Alphano. And then Grahas is like, Oh. <laughs> okay, it's not just because he calls her Alphano. She's he says that she's more manly than ever or yeah, more rugged, rugged than ever. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, let's be real. Like being called like 
I don't know, like strong and powerful, and I guess like those masculine affiliations. Yes, between the two twins, like it's not even an insult. Yeah. She is definitely the yes. more powerful of the two, as far as. But he like, doesn't say strong and powerful. He says rugged. Yeah, I know, but like. I sort of, as as somebody who, I mean, like, I have a non-binary partner and things like that. I don't always, like, love when translations, and this is something that does, does just happen in a lot of media, right? Where, like, a female character is belittled for acting masculine, or, like, a male character is belittled for acting like a woman, or, like, whatever it is. Like, that kind of stuff sometimes doesn't always hit home mm -hmm. with me. But, like, in the case of, like, yes, the energies that the two of them present, I do think she has more of what would be prescribed to, like, a masculine energy. Sure. And it's funny to me because... One, that moment was hilarious and I loved it because it never, it literally had never dawned on me that Astinian had not met her. Right. Like, yeah. I stood there and when he was looking at her, I had this moment where before he had even said a word, I went, oh my God, he never met her. And then like <laughs> when he calls her Alphano, I was like, oh, this oh, is amazing. No. It was so good. Um, and I think that like some of her anger towards him also comes from the fact that like, as we see her kind of grapple with this patch, she, I think, is used to being, like, even though she and Alphino have a bit of tension, I think mm -hmm. she's used to being his idol in a lot of yeah. ways, or, like, somebody by which he has measured his own, you know, kind of, like, success. And when Astinian steps in to fulfill that role, like, over this patch, you do see this really subtle little thread with her that I love, where she kind of comes to accept that and, like, realize mm -hmm. that, like, her brother has to have other people to look up to and, like, to be connected to than just herself, which I loved. I thought that was a great touch too. This is, this is right. definitely a show with, with, with Alphano. It's like, okay, yeah, you have Alice, but then also it's like you have Istidian and you have Erinvald, mm -hmm. who clearly Alphano is like, hey, big bro. Yeah, like, basically. a thousand percent. I being so attached to Erinvald uh, in the past. I no, really don't. It, this is they really went hard on that characterization in this patch, and it it makes me wonder. This is going to jump just ahead just a little bit. One of the things we've theorized, right, is what the second hub in Endwalker is going to be. Um, and they mm. keep they keep throwing us these threads, right? Last patch we had the void quest, so we have like as as just arcs coming up, right? Right, you know possibilities. We have the void. Um, we've got Maricidia now. Is like, hey, mm. remember Maricidia? Remember Tiamat? And then at the end of this patch, Carl's like, oh, I'm going to go over to Charlayan and be like, yo, can you help us? I I can't help but wonder if, you know, we one of the things we talked about was yes. actual daddy, mm -hmm. right? Are we going to, yeah. you know, he's got, he has these actual two daddy, actual, actual daddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, he has the, you know, he has a Sydney he's got Iron Vault. He looks up to them like a thousand percent role models, right? Mm -hmm. Um, whether that's like a big brother thing or like a father figure kind of thing, you know, whichever. But to then, I think maybe potentially go to act like Charlene and, and like see the family and to see how they treat the kids. I think that would be really interesting. I definitely had the same like ooh moment when she's like, "Yeah, I'm going to Charlene, guys. Uh, see you a little bit. I want to talk to them about potentially helping out since it's actually the end of the world." I love Elfino's comment right after that, where he's like, well, you know, you're going to have to deal with politics thinking about who you're talking with. And, you know, that's part because the studium is, you know, of course, politics and, and, and you mm -hmm. know, scholarly politics, which is weird. But I think he also was getting a subtle dig in in the people who run it, which happened to be his father. Mm. Right. He's the leader there and he's not going to want to help. 
He's like, I know. Well, they, they were against all of the Scions yeah. going to Eorzea mm-hmm. and help, and they didn't want them to meddle. And so I, that, I think that could be fantastic. Uh, yeah, I hope we do story stuff and see that. This one definitely felt like Maricidia to me, kind of like you said, Fusion, fell kind of into that like realm, like the Void Quest, where I was like, I could see them maybe giving us some Maricidia in the next expansion or having this be something that down the road is a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Charlion definitely felt like in the past, they've also sent various scions or characters like ahead of us to sort of like pave the way as to how we would go to these other places that might, you know be a little inaccessible to us in some way, uh, kind of like Tataru and Stormblood yeah. and that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So it really feels to me like Charlion's going to be our other major thing. I mean, with Sage, <clears throat> with all the stuff that we know, the connections that every character, but particularly Alphino and like all of you know that group has to Charlion, this felt like we go in their next expansion mm-hmm. as opposed to like the other ones where I was like, oh, well, maybe they'll, you know, one probably day. in the future one day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to get to sort of like circle back to what you brought up, Marth, because I think for me, overall, I really liked the MSQ this time around. I loved, like I said, all the lore, the the interesting things, Tiama, all of that. Mm-hmm. The one thing that did feel a little bit forced to me was our involved. Yeah. <laughs> like, like from the beginning, it was like, here's this boy. We will try to make you love him, but also don't mind us while we paint this huge glaring target on his back. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm like, it was so obvious. Know, having you know? him and Fordola just suddenly yeah. showing up mm-hmm. when they haven't done much just seems like they just wanted to remind the audience that these characters exist. I and kind maybe, of wonder. Maybe they built on and become yeah. more important once Endwalker yeah. comes out. But just, it just feels like they just came out of nowhere without any kind of real buildup. Right. I kind I of mean, wondered if uh, I feel like I'm quest- being the most critical out of. Oh no, it's right fine. Now. It's it's almost like you're the guy in charge of our reviews or yeah, something. Over right, exactly. Game. I mean, so um, mm-hmm. I was wondering if because they said they added stuff to a certain summoner quest. They removed I, a particular oh, thing. They did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Never mind so, then. I was thinking maybe it was uh, some sort of relationship with Alpha and Orenfold. Well, what happened? was because i went back and i did new game plus because i wanted to see it myself people were talking um arnvald is a person you talk to in the quest not anymore you talk to a destination that's the only change cutscenes are still the same you just don't talk to him so uh arnvald's gonna die yeah um (laughs) and i was gonna say as a summoner this whole msq was literally made for you right Arnvald mm-hmm. and Fordola are in your quest. You know of them. They're hunting primals. It makes sense for them to be sent to Paglathon to hunt a primal. Because they've been doing that. But you wouldn't know if you didn't do the level 80 summoner quest. Because that's where it was told. That's well, and there's there's yeah. the uh there's also the uh oh, shoot. I forget what the, what it was called, but the, the book of like short stories, yeah. you know, for each expansion mm-hmm. they have the, the tales. There's some extra ones in that that book, and one of them is Fordola. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but it, there's definitely like a, a thing where, please give me all of the information right. in the game. <laughs> you know, nice. but yeah. like For... Tiamat too, like and Bahamut and summoning, and it's just for me like it was almost tailor made for my character, and it's weird because he's also an Elizin, and we've got you know an Guardian Elizin, so we've got Estinian, we've got that sort of thing. It it was crazy, and that's why I'm completely different on the MSQ. 
I mean, having those connections is great. And I think it is important, especially in a game where we have so many different races and classes. Mm -hmm. And like we've talked about, a lot of times that is tied to like player experience of the right. world and can really enhance or change the way that you see certain portions of the story. So to have stuff that does kind of lean into those, you know, particular things in the game is great. Like, and it does make it resonate so much more, I think. Um, and I mean, at least for Dola to me, does feel like she has been somebody that I think we have very purposefully still seen around. Like, of course, she has not been like a major no, player, but we did have those uh, post cut scenes with her and things where, you know, there's the whole mm -hmm. discussion about like, she's asking, how do you do it with like the echo and the artificial echo? And like, how are you this hero to these people? And we see her like continue to kind of struggle with this thread. Um, and now like, our involved got so clearly set up, I think, to be almost like that foil to her or that like motivating force possibly for her and Alphino to make changes or like to realize that this kind of optimism or this kind of like, no matter how little power I have in this world, I can still do good with it kind of energy is mm -hmm. like, I think that we've seen them set that up so much. To be completely honest, I was surprised they didn't kill him this yeah. cat. Like, yeah. I am really surprised that he's just in the medical ward. Like a <laughs> yeah. part of me is going like, I'm glad they had those conversations and things, but at the same time, I couldn't help but wonder if there was something more, something sketchy, if like something else happened to him that they're keeping under wraps because they won't let anybody visit him. If like mm. something's going to happen in the second part, or if we're just going to get to the second part and then it's going to be like, oh, well, we wanted to put all the emotional stuff here. He died. And you're like, no. <laughs> I mean, what if? It could be. Mm -hmm. What if we've been talking about how we think maybe uh, Alphino's father will, from Char Charlene will have something to do with uh, Sage, right? Mm -hmm. What if Arnvald has something to do with Sage? Mm -hmm. So they played him back in Summoners so that they could push him some over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe. Oh, that's I think they're really setting him up to die. I think they're I mean, setting him up to die. You think he'd be dead already, so right? You would think I'm so, also yeah. going to be really disappointed if he's the one that dies because it's continuing the trend of Final I... Fantasy XIV killing characters that aren't really all that important mm -hmm. and still expecting the same emotional reaction. Out I, of the I definitely get the feeling um, from this this patch, right? Especially after talking about you know how Erinvald kind of relates to Fordola, right? Yeah, he's just he's a plot device. He's he's a plot device mm -hmm, for character yes. growth, and I think. Um, for Alphino, obviously, that's the bigger the bigger impact, right? Mm -hmm. Um, for for Dola though, like I, all right, like I, I've never been crazy about just the the Yutsu for Dola dynamic. Um, and to to uh, right, that's you know, you. just that, <laughs> right, and it, you're you know, right. Um, and then you know, you just have her kind of come back. It's like, oh hey, remember her? Oh yeah, I'm, all right. And she's you know still the the grumpy person that mm -hmm. she used, you know, she always has been and stuff. So I'll be curious to see she's what they do. A little, a, a little, sure, right? But... Um, and it's mostly because of Aaron Vault. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, so I'll be curious to see how this and, and probably the inevitable death of Aaron Vault affects Stop her it. going forward. Uh, Look, I I, I, I didn't want Aaron Vault to die. I want it to be Urianje. <laughs> yeah, but know you know, you. this is this is how the writing is going. I mean, I do I like mean, how our characters are so noble and so welcoming and forgiving of Fordola despite right. killing so many people we know and love on screen. Yeah. It's true. I mean, it's true. We, we, she, she murdered everyone we love. We, we, we'll forgive her. Come and join I us. have one word for you. <laughs> Gaius. I mean, yeah. yeah. Actually, I have two words for you. Gaius, Nero. And uh, it's uh, so... Uh, 
Yeah, Nero yes. got thrown away. Gaius we'll discuss when we get to uh, that section. <laughs> I mean, those two are great characters. And for Dola, I think, to me, is compelling because there's so much at play with her, right? She is a villain. She has committed atrocities and crimes. But she did so in such, like, a fascinating context that, you know, I've talked about this before, but I will always talk about this because there are so few cases that I can think of in a game where we've seen this. Like, somebody who has been affected by imperialist rule, especially, like, this is actually a pretty big thing as well coming from Japan, which, like, um, you know, in the past has its own kind of conflicting history, particularly with Korea and some of the things that happened there. And, you know, that even led into some of the stuff with this huge discussion about the school sets that were released because uh -huh. those school sets were from this era of imperialism. Like, it's really fascinating. And I think it's a big risk to tell this story about a character who grew up within the context of thinking that the only way that she could gain any power or attraction in this world because, you know, her blood was not of Garlean heritage, mm -hmm. her, you know, her culture was not accepted by Garlemald. Like, these are huge, complex things, right? So, like, the crimes that she committed were done because she believed that this was the only way that a person like her, with uh, like, within this regime, could ever live a life that, like, was even a fraction worth living without, you know, suffering horrible poverty and all these different things, right? So it's it's really interesting to me with her and her harsh outlook is absolutely a reflection of that. And yet to then see this interplay of other characters who like were in direct opposition to what her response was to this kind of regime, who are influencing her to see like the bigger picture in the bigger world, the hope that she herself never had as a child, I think it's beautiful and I want to <laughs> see it take off. Did you catch her first, I think it's her first comment that she says, uh, she's like, they told us that Garlemald is basically destroyed. Well, whatever. Oh, yeah. That throwaway comment, like, she's so upset that she can't be there to be the one to take it down. I, I feel, I hope that they lean into that's, that. Yeah. Because that's, that's why she's there now. That's totally why she's there now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's, she's, there's she's straight uh, up like uh, all this stuff happened to me. I did all this stuff for this regime. They told me all this stuff, and now it's it was it was probably wrong. I have to go yeah. and I have to prove it to myself. Yeah, she I, yeah. she says something like, "I want to know what I was fighting for." I think is, yeah. is something right. Um, so yeah, I'll be really curious to see what they do with her uh, going they, forward. They can I, bring her. Oh, go ahead. I would say I hope since they brought her back, they make her yeah. more of a permanent character, exactly. so that she doesn't just feel wasted for being reintroduced in this. Pack. I I right. think that's exactly what they're they're lining her up for. I think she'll be a, a big uh, character going forward. They um, took away all our Alamegans from the Scions. It's true. Killed yeah, Andor took away. <laughs> I think she. To me, I'm feeling like you know we had Yoshida-san mention that there's going to be some character that's coming back that's going to be like a really big character in mm -hmm. the future. And I feel like it's Fordola. I hope that it's Fordola because I think she is a really great one to bring in. And it's great to see a female character that has a different dynamic than some of the other ones. Um, and to doesn't be just have white hair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't just like have white hair. And, like, I mean, she's just interesting. I just I like her. Uh, well, I there's, like there's a women. lot of stuff going on with her, too. I mean, when you when you think about all the things right tied to her Garlemald, um, you know that artificial echo. I think that's going to be really important in in and, Walker uh, coming up. It's a very scion feature to have. Yeah, one thing that that how did she get that echo? Who did she get that echo from? Yeah. The other character that has come back that is now in Charlian, 
like I could really see the two of them leading the next expansion, right? Because they're kind mm. of, you know, it was from her Echo that Fordola got the Echo, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah, you're so right. Trial and Fordola have this this connection that I'd like to see more of. So I hope that they do bring her back and bring mm. her into the Scions, and we see more of that. It'll be sure. it'll be really interesting, um, you know, especially from the. Uh, the thought too, right? Anytime that Kryle is involved in anything, it's usually something mm -hmm. kind of off on the side. Yep. Um, the the other thought that I kind of had related to this, right? With the possibility of Charlay and, um, you know, this expansion is going to do things a little differently. Where at the end of six the expansion, that's it. That's this. That's the end of the arc. Um, and then we go into something new. Do they then? Is is Charlay and yes six But you get into it like right at the end. And that helps that that's like the vehicle going forward, or is this like we're gonna tell us all, this would whole be new the arc? Worst, worst teaser yeah. to end the, the six point expansion. I, it, it seems here's the city seems, everyone yeah. wants to see. Now you get to well, wait six months. To well, see yeah. no, 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 no. They they give it to us, but then that's that's the the vehicle for the for the new arc because it like it feels a little odd if they would give us a new arc but then be like okay but you're not getting any new areas for another two years like hmm. that would be kind of weird yeah. but any, that's that's jumping way ahead um anything I do else wanna... mm -hmm. yes actually there is something mm -hmm. else i do want to mention that i i agree with marth going back a little bit i absolutely agree with you um I'm sorry, buddy. We apparently have just the loudest street traffic today of all time. <laughs> lots of so lots of street <laughs> races going down. <laughs> so many street We're races. I'll try to give it a second when it gets real bad. <laughs> um, so I I wanted to agree because this is something that Martha I actually feel really strongly about. I I totally share your opinion. I think one of the things I don't particularly like it in games when they do just kill a whole bunch of people to mm -hmm. make you really sad. Just like, mm -hmm. just as a principle, like it can't be a serious story unless there's dead people. Like it, it is something that bothers me because I think that all too often it's used as like a trope to just be like, and you know, we didn't want to get into really creating complex emotional landscapes for you. So we'll just kill someone because that's an easy return of feelings, right? <laughs> but at the same time, I also find it to be a little underwhelming in Final Fantasy XIV, how many retcons and things we've had. I mean, with the exception of Horshafont, but mm -hmm. like, gosh, I can remember the Biggs and Wedge thing with like Omega, right. where I was like, they're fine. Or like, Nanamo, I was like, yeah. she's fine. Like, Papalimo's not fine, Rook. I mean, <laughs> Papalimo's not fine, but again, like, these are, some of them are characters that people love, right? Mm -hmm. But are they actually like, our main pivotal characters like Horshafant was probably the closest yeah. but like gosh even Elidibus didn't really have a huge focus until the one patch that they obliterated us with mm -hmm. him like it's one of those things where as the stakes of the world continue to escalate I'm like you have to also match that with a real feeling of danger or like a real feeling mm -hmm. that there are high stakes and are involved to me was a little bit odd this patch. I like what they did with him. I honestly liked his character beats. I think he, you know, shown in this, but at the same time, I was like, if you're going to kill somebody that's supposedly important to Alphino, who's had a whole narrative journey, it should be Astinian. Like, he should die. How like, dare you? <laughs> I know. And like, I hate to say it because I actually love his character and I am really excited that he's a trust now and stuff like yeah. this. But when it comes to like, if this is what they wanted to be the impetus, Estinian mm. makes sense to me. Now, like, does he have the close tie to Fordola? No, but could he have had a moment with her where he talks about his own journey from like vengeance and loss and then like she sees what he's done? Like, yes. 
So it's weird to me that, again, they're kind of, like, elevating this other character to be like, and then he died. Well, he you know, what, I, what, it, what it is, is I think they need a Sinian from when they do Maricidia. <laughs> right? Yeah. I think, I cool. think. Right. We should kill Ashtola instead. <laughs> they've I'm not just, mad at it. <laughs> they've just it. not been dealing with her eyesight thing for a million years. Yeah, so. I'm fine with it. Uh, I, I did not even know that she was supposed to be blind. <laughs> I did not miss that line in the quest she dialogue. Was blind. Didn't um, see Matt. Um, you know, I was wondering. Okay, I have to be honest though with Ishtola. You can miss that she is blind because girl not affected in any way. You know, know what I mean? Yeah, like, not even. Um, I I I think one of the things that right whether we've acknowledged it right in the back of our minds when we think of like oh Erinvald like all right, mm -hmm. it's another Moon Brita. Yes, it is. Yes. That's exactly mm -hmm. what it is. We brought in this character. You have just a little bit of connection, and then we're going to kill him, and it's you're going to feel absolutely terrible about it. And then in two expansions, you know, Alphano will have, like, a throwaway line or something when he dies in dungeons uh, as a trust. Do we get a minion of them with a really creepy description? Yeah. 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 Definitely. So, um, as the person who totally forgot who Arnfeld was, uh, when you guys reminded me, uh, I figured out who the character was. I actually really liked that character in Stormblood. Mm. Thing is, we've had an expansion between right. then and now. Yeah. Uh, and it's two years worth of time to forget and not care about this character anymore. I think if he'd been some sort of playthrough throughout the expansion, which kind of was impossible considering where we were, mm. um, yeah. he'd, he'd have... If he had stayed relevant, though, then then it would be more impactful if they used I mean, that's, that's the hard thing, right? I mean... Um, to be fair, there were plenty of times during the uh, main MSQ where we were getting flashbacks on what was going on in the main world. They yeah. could have yeah. had some time to at least keep them relevant a bit. I mean, yeah. that's that's the struggle when you're you know looking at what what now right is the ten year story. Um, talking about Olympus with five point three, it's like yeah, that's really where we got the most growth. But you know, you got to remember he's been around for a long time, even if it's mm -hmm. not in big bursts. You know, it's. Heaven's word with the Asians. It was like the most dragged out thing like ever mm. in this in this game. It's like he was hey, remember such the a Asians? good boy in Stormblood though. Like very quality good boy character. Mm. I'll say the, yeah. the pacing of having of all the main different Asians is definitely a lot better when you play through the whole thing just a year rather than the ten years you sure. guys have done it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it, they are paced well enough that they stay memorable and you remember who they are and they have big picture. Yeah, when played in a faster pace. That's good to yeah. hear, honestly. Yeah, I, I think Arnvald is one of those ones where a lot of people will overlook him. And he has just, he's been in there, little, you know, a little bit here or there. Or like you said, the summoner quests, right. you know, all you know, like, they have kept him around. But again, yeah, it would have been nice to see some of this, even to see a single scene before this, where Alphino, like, comes back and, mm -hmm. you know, Arnvald's there and they talk about how they bonded or something, you know, like, that would have or, been nice to see as a lead up. Yeah, or him checking in on Alphino when you go back to the first uh, or the swords because mm -hmm. he's Aww. like, hey, how's my friend? You know, like, yeah. I am out here fighting primal because the scions can't. How is Alpha now? Like, if they would have thrown that in, you know, that would have been cool. I think yeah. I think part of it, too, I mean, you know, talking about the, the comparison of, like, you know, that, that longevity dragged out stuff with the Asians versus a character like Arnvald, where mm -hmm. it's, you know, who knows when they came up with him right if they knew they were going to use him for what they're using him for you know it's like it's like gratia and the crystal tower it's like yeah we have no idea we're going to make an expansion focused on this in, in you know six years but here we right. are 
Um, and so, yeah, I mean, if they if they maybe knew about that, they might have been able to to make us care a little bit more. But it does feel a little mm-hmm. odd to be like, hey, remember this guy? Also, like, just you know, Alfredo really kind of just leans into the feels a little yeah. bit, just I mean, just just enough to make it be like, eh, all right, there, something's happening here. Like, they're. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's a that's a totally contradict you, Rook. Only just a little bit. It's um, fine. Go for it. The the thing about the characters that die being sort of off off of the the main group of characters. Yes, I agree that like fifty percent of them totally are. But uh, Papalimo, I know, I know he wasn't he wasn't everybody's favorite. I feel like I have to write an essay on mm. this guy. Like the, his death though was significant in a million other tiny ways. Like. If he were still in the Scions, that would have been another thread keeping Lise there, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. the fact that he's uh, gone sort of gives her that open slate to be like, well, there's people over here, I guess. I completely forgot Papa Limo was even a thing. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. his impact has been almost zero. But, and and then on the, the flip side of that, I wanted to say, Arvel is not necessarily different from Horshafon either. They are both sweet good boys that helped us out. And we're really main characters. Our Ironvald is like is like the middle ground between Moonbrita and Archifon. <laughs> there you go. I, I, I didn't want to bring up Archifon's bit. death because everyone would hate me if I say I didn't care about that one either. <laughs> I, I mean, mean we can sorry, jo- sorry Josh, you're you're breaking up. We can't hear you. <laughs> oh, sorry everybody, we lost Josh. We can do a whole other cast about that. But I mean, yeah, that's actually a good point. Five, oh, that's yeah. actually a oh, good point fine. because I do think that you're right that Arnvald does almost feel like a repeat beat of that kind mm. of character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Papa Limo is interesting to me because remind me, Zen, did you play 1.0? You did, right? Mm-hmm. And Papa Limo is in 1.0, right? Yeah. yeah. Papalimo is one of the first characters I ever saw in 1.0. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the huge difference. I did not play 1.0. So I did start in Gridania. So I did have uh, Ida and Papalimo as like the first guiding scions mm-hmm. that I came in contact with. And I liked him. Like, to be fair, I actually did think his character was fun. But I don't think he ever felt as significant to me as a lot of 1.0 players who had already taken like this journey mm-hmm. with him. And like, that's not to say that anybody that related to him and enjoyed him, you know, and never played 1.0 is like wrong or, you know, whatever. But yeah. to me, it always felt more like, yeah, he almost was like an extraneous thing alongside, especially with how they ended up doing things with Ida slash Leith, right? Mm-hmm. It felt more like he was kind of an extraneous thing. Now, I absolutely agree with you that the impact of his death definitely does have a lot of different things that it connects to. And yet... It's so interesting to me that we get so many reminders of like Horshafon's death. There's like a yep. line, even in Shadowbringers, where you get the like smile better suits a hero kind of thing. Like we get all these reminders, but the actual mentions of like the loss of Papalimo are almost non-existent and, after he died. And and you know, yep. I think I think if they go to Charlay and there could be some opportunity yes. to talk about that. I mean, oh, I right? Hope so I really do. Think, thinking back on it, Papalimo was basically like another Louis Swa, right? With what mm-hmm. he tried yeah. to do and like. Like, when you really get down to it, like, yeah, that was really important. So um, there's definitely, I think, some some room to at least give him a nod somewhere in that. Another thing is, uh, Papalima's from an era of the Scions where they weren't doing as much characterization of them. It's only really yeah. recently that the characters have started to get a fair amount of depth, and she was already dead. Yeah. That is true. I, I, I have a theory. I think that Arnvald is the first victim of the new weapon of Xenos. What do you think? 
He's going to get better. He's going to be on the front line with us. He's gonna They're going like, to bring I, it I, back I, just to then, yeah. You're a monster. I, like I mean, that's, I like that's kind it. of how I feel. He's in the clinic, but he's not dead. He's okay for now, right? For now, yeah. yeah. That's, te that's terrible. Why would they do if, that? If they're going to kill him, make it fun. Yeah. I like it. Let's do it. I mean, uh, it, would, it would make it more impactful. Put your heart on a roller coaster and get ready for the drops. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Um, uh, what weapon do you think he picked up? Oh, oh a scythe. yeah, we got to think about it. Yeah, we got to talk about it. I mean, is it a scythe? I mean, people were looking around and he grabbed he grabbed close to it's a great. It's probably board, a right? scythe. It's there's well, a reason why they put the pillar there. They don't I'm want going nunchucks. <laughs> nunchucks. Yes. Nunchucks would be amazing. I mean, it was. We're going to bring back the black belt from Final Fantasy One. I'm that okay with that. That'd be great. They could do anything with this. I I think a scythe is the most likely, just because mm -hmm. a lot of people like the scythe weapon. We don't all have any like imagery. It. Yeah. All the Reaper imagery. I mean, yes, I think it's most likely, but from the animation that they presented us, it didn't necessarily look like he was grabbing a scythe. Like mm -hmm. it almost looked more like he was reaching to grab like the the um actual like grab a sword by the hilt mm -hmm. kind of Well, thing. he he was going like I this, like which is how a scythe could be angled if the blade was ch chucked into you the could. ground. It sure. was Alternatively, it could have been like sword out. Yeah. I mean, it also could have been like a pool noodle. We don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know, but I think what would, you, what would you call that job? A pool noodle job? Lifeguard. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Lifeguard. <laughs> that's the new healer. Right? But we're already oh, getting wait, a healer. Life, lifeguard or spring breaker? What are the other? <laughs> Please, somebody, if there's anybody listening or watching this right now and you have artistic ability, I want to see a really great like summer event Maybe thing with Alphino and Ali say, but give Alphino Newlith's that are pool noodles. Let's <laughs> let's do it. Job, we give uh, credence to everyone that runs around in uh, skimpy swimsuits in the That's game. True. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. Yeah, other games the long game. that. <laughs> All right. Um, any last bits on MSQ before we move this along? I One feel more. like hey, um, Daniel. Oh yeah. yeah, well, yeah correct. Correct. Yes, you're right. <laughs> I mean, when we actually do our scores here, this will play into my score a little bit because I just, I think I'm done with the buildup, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Like, oh, yeah. this patch was not bad. I really enjoyed it. Like, my score isn't even that bad for the actual review score that I gave it. Like, I think there was a lot of great content. I think that's been the case for all of the patches, like 5.4 to 5.5. Like, I've enjoyed the patches, but I am so done with this buildup and I hate that we still don't have some kind of deeper insight into whatever is happening with Fanny Pack. And, like, I I just want something more to happen because I, for some reason, felt like we're leading to this massive, huge, like, Endwalker. Shouldn't mm -hmm. the patches leading up to this be the, like, biggest shenanigans we've had so far? Like, shouldn't it at least be on par? To be fair, I truly, we, got a, we got a big shenanigan. I mean, I guess it's well, just and, a dragon and you mother also, of dragons. You also have to, to remember, too, and this is the thing that, that makes the MSQ score for a 5.5 patch a little difficult, is that it is split between a part one and a part two. So, yes. obviously, we will get more. I mean, there was stuff in the trailer we have not seen yet. Uh, lunar, mm -hmm. I mean, we, we got a glimpse of Lunar Effort, right? But we know there, there will be more of that. There's, like, a Lunar yeah. Odin. We know that there will be some other kind of Lunar Primal confrontation. So, that'll that'll be, you know, leading up to the big holy crap so, thing. I, right? I, I, just, 
I was just hoping. Oh, just sorry. Uh, just a finished thought. I was just hoping that we would have something more that felt like a true momentum of a cliffhanger on this one, right? Like, and I understand what they're doing. And again, like you can't always judge like a buildup patch as you know a culminating patch or things like that. So. Again, it's not like I'm really upset about it or anything, but I think that like even for the huge things that happened, it almost felt like they kind of undermined it with like the final boss of the dungeon being Lunar Bahamut, which we'll get to as well. And the yeah. fact that that fight wasn't even hard. Like it wasn't well, even You also have to remember to um as great as the writing has been for some of this stuff, Square Enix does not have a great track record with cliffhangers between expansions. Uh, you know, mm. 4.5 was just awful. It did nothing does, ended. Does anyone was, remember yeah. that Black Rose gas that was supposed to be a huge yeah. deal that was going to be I, the We world. all remember it. it. Solved I remember. There's a I pattern here. Um, all right, okay. Charles, you had a thing. Nope, Charles, you had a thing you wanted to say, and then I have a thing I want to say. Oh, well... I mean, I could talk about it in the dungeon, so that's fine. Okay. Okay. Uh, then arm in arm with what Rook said. Um, this is going to sound like a fake question, but it's not. It's a real question. Okay. Why is Fan Daniel such a bitch? Like, he is just, like, <laughs> brown-nosing way up Xenos's butt here. Like, why? Why? I mean, what does he know? He, 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 he has spent, no motivation. He has been he, set up as a nihilist. All he wants is destruction. That's he put he a lot of thought. He's been around and dancing. Till everyone dies. He he put a lot of thought into those weapons that he picked out, and he's just really anxious to see which one Xenos likes, so that he'll have the new weapon and give him the little good boy pat on the head. Yeah. And all seriously, why 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 is he catering to Xenos so much? What does he know about this? I guess what what does he know about this blonde weirdo? What does he know? Tell us. He has to have something more. And I mean, they said as much in the announcement, right? Like there when when we had our sort of announcement or um you know the showcase event. And there's a, a whole question point they want to address where it's like, what's really going on with Fan mm-hmm. Daniel? So I think there is something deeper. I, Lord, I hope there's something deeper because I, yeah, I am not a it. big fan. But I do also just love the summary of this real, real, this real question being, why is Fan Daniel such a little bitch? Like, <laughs> I just, I just love me, it. To me, it's because he wants it to be over. Like, he's some part of an ASEAN who knows what memories he has who knows how long he's been living to me he's probably like I'm done like I want everyone to die we can do that for him we can do that for him no but he wants it to be completely done he wants Xenos to take over Zodiac and destroy everything that's why he's using Xenos that's the only thing that I can think of he's a nihilist yeah exactly please please look forward to to 6.0 the only <laughs> other, the only other wild possibility uh-huh. I can think of, and I, there's literally nothing oh, to support sure. this. This is full on tin hat. This is not connected to anything at all. The only other thing that I could think of is that, like, Xenos being some kind of facilitator for Zodiac has some kind of connection here, where it's like, if he does actually merge with Zodiac or things like that, will he have control of all the Asians? Will he mm-hmm. be the one who's able to exert and manipulate that force? Because we know now that like with some of the technology and things that are being built, like one of the big things that came up from this patch, oh, and that actually reminds me of one other thing that we didn't talk about. So I need to, I need to put that in too. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the big things that we learned about these towers and stuff is the fact that there is an ability to manipulate tempering, mm-hmm. like not just a force that happens because of a driving belief surrounding a primal, but like a concentrated a concentrated effort of somebody using these towers or using other things 
to use this as like a mind indoctrination kind of tool. Mm -hmm. So like, is it possible that then on a larger scale, this is also used to bring in any of the remaining, you know, um, sundered or, you know, unsundered like into, mm -hmm. into play? Like maybe, I, I think it's, it's interesting. Um, so there's that. But the other big thing that I wanted to mention was Heidelin, because we yeah. didn't talk about the bit at the end about Heidelin, that they mm. finally address the fact that we haven't heard Heidelin's voice. Right. Where am she? I think she ran out of minutes on her cell phone plan. Yeah. Mm. Well, they've, they've, they've also been talking. They don't, the they don't have rolled over. How, yeah. About how she, she was weak. Yeah. And the, mm -hmm. in the very beginning, they, they straight up told us, hey, she roll weak. And maybe she is completely weak now. Mm. Um, something that I wanted to uh, tack on. Bam. Here's there the hat. Um, so we know that Elidibus was a little bit fragmented Mm -hmm. in his own kind of way, where he didn't really necessarily remember stuff. What if, obviously, Tin Hat moment, I put it on for those of you who are listening and not watching. Uh, what if Xenos, whatever Xenos ended up with, is that fragment of memory? And so he can already, in a way, be equated to Z Zodiac's heart. And Mr. Mm -hmm. Fanny Danny knows mm -hmm. this, some way yeah. or another. May I mean... Maybe, but also, like... We had Xenos yeah. Shinryu hybridy thing too, so like him merging with a primal isn't anything new. If Zodiac is a primal, then okay. I want just a random part. thought. That's why I put on the hat. It is yeah. bullshit. He's no, ignorant. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go ahead. Uh, score MSQ. I gave it a three. Um, you know, a little bit of cliffhangery stuff. They they kind of went a little hard with the feels for for Alphano. Uh, but overall, I love the the TMIT stuff. I love the stuff with Estinian. Um, any any moments with with Ali say uh, were just <laughs> fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, three for me. Three for me as well. I would have liked to scale it a little higher because uh, the things that weren't in uh, that I felt were quality were quality. Mm -hmm. uh, all of the character interactions between Scions and characters we've seen for a while are just precious. I love them. Uh, the TMAT stuff is amazing. Super love that stuff. Oh my gosh. Uh, I wanted to see something happen with that poor lady for forever. And mm -hmm. when they finally got back to her, yes. All my heart. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I really enjoyed seeing good boy Estinian. And I liked seeing that Fordola was having sort of a change. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm glad that she wasn't just like left in a dungeon forever. And we get to, to see her reaction to what the Empire did to her, because we've seen a bunch of character reactions recently, especially in Orlet, to uh, characters realizing maybe Empire is not the best thing. Yeah. And to see that uh, reaction in, in varied characters is really interesting to me. Mm. I, too, gave it a three out of four. I Yeah, I liked it. I thought everything was good in it. Um, I think it got overshadowed by Verlead again, which just nailed it last patch and this patch. But again, the stuff that we dealt with was really good. Like you said, I loved all the character moments. Gosh, I love the Grahatia big eyes. I loved the Astinian stuff. I loved all of that Fordola stuff. Tiamat, I love the dragons and dragon lore in the game. So having the dragons come back again was really exciting to me. And having Tiamat move on from that location was so like, it was such a just release for me because mm. I always felt so bad anytime I flew through that zone. And she was still just sitting there, you know? It's really, really neat to see that take off and then all these other characters kind of go along with it. Literally um, take so off. Literally yeah. take off. That was a great scene. 
But yeah, I, I did three out of four. I think just because those things that I critiqued, that's what kind of undercut it a little bit for me. It felt like I was hoping for maybe a little more momentum by the end of it. Um, I liked everything that was there, but it yeah, it didn't quite maybe give me the hype on its own mm -hmm. that I was maybe hoping for, but it also was good. So I, you know, I can't really complain. All right. Now we're going to get into a little bit of whiplash here. Uh, all do you know? Yeah. What did, what did yeah. you give? Uh... Let's do it. So I gave it a four out of four. Like I said, there's something different about this whole story in the context of a summoner in general, just with Tiamat, with the dragons, with Bahamut, with the legacy of Bahamut, with Lunar Bahamut, having that, that feeling of that Tiamat Bahamut, and we're going to talk about it in the, uh, the dungeon. But to me, this story laid the groundwork for removing Bahamut from Summoner completely. Why should we summon him ever again? After what's keep happening, I don't, I think that part of these lunar primals are to show that this is not quite the sound that ended the world, but this is people's runaway fears, right? They're, to me, they seem to be using the primals to stoke fear. And that's what Bahamut does. So it's just one of these things where, to me, yeah, there was some problems with the story a little bit, but I know who Arnvald is because I dealt with him, right? He was in my summoner quest. I know who Fordola is. I dealt with her. I was waiting for this to happen, basically. So it was kind of from a different perspective. Now him being injured, yeah, it's kind of a throwaway. But I really, truly believe they're just going to bring him back to have Xenos kill him. And that'll lower my score next time, maybe. Or raise it, depending <laughs> on how they do it. But to me, Tiamat and the whole story of Lunar Bahamut just completely took it to another level for me. And Astinian and riding Tiamat, her going to Mericidia, I loved it. So I gave it a four. All right. Josh, how's how you really feel? <laughs> Chat is going to hate me. Yeah. Because I'm following no, it right. right now. I gave it a one out of four. This entire the entire uh, 5.5 MSQ was mostly based around characters that being irrelevant for one to two uh, completely different entire mm -hmm. expansions. Suddenly brought back into the limelight and expecting someone to remember uh, everything about them. Now, I've only been playing the game for under two years. I've caught up to this entire thing in about a year and a half, and even I didn't remember some of these characters that were brought up. Uh, Estidian finally joining the Scions kind of felt forced. It felt like the fan base wants Estinian to be in the Scions, so we're finally going to force Estinian into the Scions. It's fan service. And then it just suddenly ends with Kral going to Charlian and nothing. It, I honestly expected there was going to be a bit more story. As soon as I saw that to be continued in the corners, my first thought was, that's it. We <laughs> barely even saw Xenos, the main bad guy that they're building up 6.0 in. It, it just felt like filler. Yeah. I really want to yeah. argue with you, but it's your opinion, so you can have it. I mean, <laughs> damn I you and your opinions! I, I can understand all of that. Like, it's it's one of the things yeah. about 14 as an MMO is the story is completely different to different people, especially how yeah. you interacted with it the first time. Right? Papa Limo. One, yeah. I, I didn't play 1.0. I mean, I did, and then I ran away within two weeks of starting because I did not like it. But, like, Papa Limo will not have that impact on me wouldn't yeah. but that's the beauty of 14 right 
it's going to be different to different people depending on what you identify and with that's, in the story. Yeah, and that's the beauty of the review. It's people's yeah. opinions. <laughs> Whether you agree with them or not. Yeah. yeah. So I honestly, I honestly love hearing it, Marth, because yeah. I, I agree. I mean, like honestly, I agree with your critiques, and it is interesting because, like you said, Aldino, I think I myself, because I do maybe have some deep of emotional investment in certain characters, and because mm -hmm. you know maybe a lot of us have played this for years, or we've gone back and we've redone various parts of the story, or you know we've run alts through, or whatever it is, like. On one hand, I'm so glad to see that they don't just completely throw away characters because that's one of my huge irks with like a lot of other MMO storytelling where mm -hmm. it's like, oh, here's all this stuff that happened that was like world shattering once upon a time, but we're never going to touch it again. And it's never going to be in the story. And like, I hate it because it's like you have this interesting world, but it feels so stagnant. Like once right. you're through the thing, you know? So like for me, I love that they aren't afraid to bring back characters. But I do also think that your critiques are completely valid in the sense that, yeah, I too also had that moment at the end where I was like, oh, that was it. <laughs> and like, yeah. I like a lot of those characters, but like I myself admitted, it did feel like they were trying to cover a lot of grounds, like getting them back into the story um, that did maybe, I think, give it more of a... Again, yeah, kind of like a, a more disconnected pace or it just didn't quite feel like, like you said, like our main villain, this main thing that we're driving towards, it just didn't feel as strongly reinforced as it could have. So, like, even if I enjoyed the patch more overall, I completely think that your critiques yeah. are valid. Yeah. Really, if they wanted to bring these characters back in, they could have done it in the last patch instead of going on pirate adventures with Murrowib. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that 100%. That, yeah, I mean, looking at it there that no way. There's no like that patch, Charles. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, look, looking at it now, like, obviously that's going to be, a, a you know, have impact going forward, right? Right. But we just don't, we don't see that kind of payoff right now. And it, it does, yeah, that would make sense to have a little bit more buildup instead of mm -hmm. that. But, you know, the we'll have to just. with uh, Astinian, though, uh, that's the, that, everything else, I was like, yeah, okay, all right, yeah, okay. The Astinian thing. Well, it's I totally get no, the, the, well, I totally get where you're coming from. They have been plugging in little things along the way where Krile and, and Tataru have to go and be like, hey, we really need your help, like, like right now? Could you maybe? It's really and a city he's in been is... resistant. And then they yeah. got him to come. And then he's been resistant. And I, I personally really loved those quests because I thought they were adorable. Like, these two tiny women being like, no, tall man, help us now! It's hilarious to me. So it really stuck with me. That um, Baldessian woman. <laughs> yes, but when he, he when he finally does like give his little speech, he, he gives a whole little speech about why he's like, okay, all right. Yeah. He, he's to the point where he's like, uh, yeah, I mean, I not necessarily want to do this, but it is the end of the world, and you guys it's, are pretty cool, so all right. It didn't feel it, like you put up any kind of resistance. It's just it's absolutely. Fan well, service. He didn't put up any any resistance here, but previously, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. They, yeah. 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 Breaking down his walls. That's just how I view it, though. I think really what it is is when it comes down to it, they ask him right then and there, and Alphino's there. Um, yeah. yeah. He does. He absolutely with, looks like crying with, sad boy. With what happened with Arinvald, uh, Alphino's very vulnerable. Um, he definitely mm -hmm. has this like, please, like I just need this, and Asinian's yeah. like, all right. So well, it's it's more of a, a a character thing for Alphino, I think, than than Astinian, really, with how they I mean, they kind of handled it. I think it's both, though, because one of my favorite moments, and this is such a weird little ambiguous moment from Final Fantasy XIV. One of my favorite moment moments is the end of Heavensward, when Astinian, like we've seen all this imagery, everybody makes fun of him for being the spaghetti sauce man because he doesn't wipe his armor off and it's like all covered in blood for ages. <laughs> But like the idea is that we see all this imagery with him that is 
related to violence, right? His armor, his cause, his mission, the rage that he and Nidhogg share. And then that moment in the ending of Heavensward, when he's carrying a bouquet of flowers, and like there's been so much debate about like, who's he bringing the flowers to? And what does he do? And like all this stuff. And it's one of those things where it's such a beauty. He doesn't have the helmet on, right? Like it's one of the few times we see him without the helmet. And I think we've been seeing him learn what it means to live beyond grief, beyond anger, beyond to to live and recognize the things in the world that he himself lacks and to find softness, if that makes sense. And so I actually, when thinking back to our discussion earlier about Astinian and him being very different this patch, I actually loved that yeah. because it felt like he has been through such a journey and we know he's been off, you know, doing all this covert work. We know he's been pestered by the Scions. Although I think if you've read those side stories, you know even more about the things and a little mention about the squid that he makes and all this stuff, which again mm -hmm. is kind of rough. If you haven't read those supplements, read them because I think they really do help reinforce and it's unfortunate we don't get them like in the game. Um, but like, I think he has been on this journey and like, especially with his relationship with the dragons, uh, a thing that his whole life embodied everything that had ever been taken from him. And for him now to find empathy with them is like, it's such a real and it's such a beautiful thing. It, and it so, parallels Fordola a little bit. You have yeah. you have her, you know, she was working with the Empire doing all this stuff. And then on the other side of that, you have Estinian who, you know, Iskard was with, <laughs> you know, at war with the dragons mm -hmm. for a thousand years. Yeah. That's done. Now what do I do? You know? Yeah. Um, and and so. it does like, I think it ties into his whole story to join the Scions now. Because, right, like... For so long, he was so used to, one, working as almost, like, even though he was a part of the, you know, Dragoons, but he himself has been this, like, figurehead that's unique in many ways. Like, so he has always kind of been used to being a lone wolf. And even in Heavensward, we saw him having to deal with being a party member, um, him working with others for a goal. And Ishgard itself is an isolationist nation when we first meet it. So, like, he is, like, they are not working with other people. They do not want help. They are stuck in their own ways. So for him now in this full circle to have this moment where he realizes that there is power even in people he once considered weak and like Alfino and like what beauty there is to Alfino's perspective, even if he himself disagrees with it at certain times and like what it means to be a part of the world and not just somebody that is like standing, you know, in opposition to it or like that, you know, is divided from it because of his own prejudice or anger is like real good. But again, do I also think that it is kind of fan servicey? Yes. Do I think that if we were going to kill a major character, maybe with, with the way they've set it up, he would have been the one that should have died here? Like, yes. But I also like what they've done with him. So mm -hmm. it's it's like fitty fitty for me. You know, like I could go yeah. either way. And <laughs> Let's I'm, do it. I'm Let's kill a Stinian. <laughs> Anyway, confusion has left the chat. <laughs> yeah, no. no. I, All right. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm glad you went through that, that whole thing, and, and brought up a couple of extra little tidbits because I really do honestly feel like they've been building him up this way for a long time, so it didn't come across as strange or fan servicey to me. Mm -hmm. uh, I definitely could see where it would, though. So. Okay. Uh, dungeon. Let's move on to the dungeon. So, uh, with the dungeon with the MSQ, we had uh, Pagelthon. Um, I, I liked it. I think was there was some yeah. there were some really cool uh, shots, especially getting towards the end there with the the view before mm. you kind of fly over to that second area. Okay. I thought that was really cool. Uh, the music I thought was really cool. Um, getting a, a bit of music. a rearrangement oh. of some of that Amalja stuff. Um, you know, mechanics were were fine. Um, 
you know, yeah, oh, we defeated Lunar Bahamut, yay. Like, that was kind of... It was very I simple and straightforward it. dungeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The final boss being Lunar Bahamut is what sold me on the dungeon. Mm-hmm. I did not expect okay. us to be fighting Lunar yes. Bahamut. Also yeah. a bit of PTSD, because my raid static is working through the coils of Bahamut right now. We're <laughs> currently stuck on turn 13. So a lot ah. of those mechanics are... Uh, just uh, kind mm. of made me die inside a little yep. bit. Oh man, Akmorn, uh I, I mentioned this last time without mentioning the the name itself. Freaking standing in the snack for Akmorn and everybody who's been in any fight where you have to deal oh, with an yeah. Akmorn, you're going, yep. oh god, oh god, oh that didn't hurt at all. What? <laughs> I was like, I had all my healing stuff prepped. Mm-hmm. I had the damage reduction on like cooldown. I had like, I was like, okay, we're ready. We're gonna do this. St-. And then yes, I hit one healing ability and I went, oh, <laughs> oh dead. <laughs> didn't even tickle <laughs> okay yeah i think most yeah. of the time we've dealt with the uh, more has been eight man or 24 man this is a four yeah. man dungeon yeah. yeah so it can't just be there to destroy everyone immediately. it's got to be a little a little more calm down it hits a dps <laughs> twice and kills them so if you time your heals right on a dps they can take it by themselves mm-hmm. <laughs> you're assuming i want to keep the dps alive <laughs> wow See, i'm the white mage i am the dps <laughs> Thank you. Thank I you, Mark. Think, I think Finally, somebody on, somebody on our podcast who understands. Thank you. To um, me? Oh, go ahead. No, no. you go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Lunar Bahamut, right? I think that it's perfect that it was a dungeon boss because Lunar Bahamut is not the threat. It is not. Mm-hmm. None of these primals that are being summoned by the towers are the threat. The threat is whatever their plan is. This is in service to it. It's mm-hmm. terrifying. It did what it was supposed to do. It terrifies people. Remember that yeah. the end of days with the, with Amaratians uh, was because they were terrified and their creation magic was going insane. I think they're trying to do the same thing here. Mm. I can it agree was just with symbol. you on that. It was a symbol. I agree with you on that. The thing that surprised me about fighting was I didn't think we would actually be fighting Lunar yeah. Bahamut in the exactly. game. Because I know yeah. in the trailers it was showing all the other Lunar... Uh, mm-hmm. uh, my mind slipping. The Primals, guys. Primals. Yeah. There were, there were, there were, yeah, there were a bunch. It was, I assumed it was going to end up being in a cutscene, and then we're yeah. going to end up fighting Van Daniel at some point in the expansions. Mm-hmm. But yeah, flying into that final uh, zone and seeing Lunar Bahamut as the boss is like, yeah, I did not expect this. I agree. Good it was on you. Good on you, Dungeon. Yeah, it was a big surprise. I, I find myself kind of on the fence because I do totally agree that it leaves more impact in the sense of the scale of the threat so far, right? Like, so far, the greatest threat that our realm has ever faced has been Bahamut, right? Mm-hmm. You come into the game in a world that's been destroyed by Bahamut. And that's something that is huge and really significant. So to now be like, oh, yeah, Bahamut? Yeah. Ain't shit. Guess what? <laughs> this threat is so much bigger than you could ever comprehend. Is really smart, I think. And I did really like that. Like, the Draconic Flight mm-hmm. by far oh, sold this dungeon to me. Like, leading up to that, that is mm. what I will remember about this mm-hmm. dungeon. But as a like counterbalance to that, for us only having one dungeon this patch, and for that dungeon being the new one that goes on the X roulette, I did find even with it having that fun twist that like the mechanics just yeah and like that fight you know what I mean it's like sure like maybe he's not the huge threat but Lord would I like some threat I'd like a little threat I'd like like a small amount of threat so I feel like we did something epic this patch in some sense of the word Mm -hmm. so like I. This dungeon, it's funny because I rated it higher because of my emotions, I think. And the fact that I did just overall like it with the atmosphere and, oh my gosh, with Tiame and, like, the lines and stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. I loved all of that. 
but from an actual mechanical standpoint and from like the actual boss designs themselves, like especially the two leading up to him, which I was like, I don't even feel like these have any service to the story or like the context of what's right. happening. It's just like a mm -hmm. big coral and like, I guess Garlean forces and there's some unique things there, but like it didn't feel that huge to me. And I really wish that it was harder. Like, I just mm -hmm. wish that it hit harder and that I had to actually yeah. worry about the tank when they pull the entire thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You think, actually think, can. And we said this before. Um, you can pull I the entire it. first bunch of stuff before the first boss together. Just the whole, like, five mm -hmm. packs all together. Yeah. Um, I will say that I rated this dungeon a three. This is ahead of, of time. Um, <laughs> I might have gone a little bit lower. But... Uh, for the past like probably five dungeons um i've been breaking them down into guides for a while and the pattern has been exactly the same down to the number of packs between bosses mm -hmm. this one was different this yeah. one actually had different things even if they were just little things where oh we can break down this debris and pull everything before the first boss i appreciated that they did something different something i really actually liked is that these bosses mirrored amarats a little bit and that we had a boss, and that we had a boss that was sort of a bunch of sh shit being thrown at us, right? Uh, a gauntlet, mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. And then we had the big scary one after a bunch of like jumping through space. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> the uh, the first boss I, uh, is actually a little bit more relevant, uh, and and was kind of a cool little side thing for for me at least. Um, the boss from T10. Mm -hmm. I'm the good. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. the same type of mob. This mm -hmm. one is I'm a look. Uh, I have not realized. Yes. Interesting. And I didn't realize that that type of mob was a dragon, but it most likely is if all we're fighting in this dungeon is mm -hmm. girly and dragons. dragons. Yeah. Yeah. It's some kind of scale kin, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, the, I, I thought it was great. I think the one thing that, right. Uh, three as well. Right. So what, mm -hmm. what took that one point? Um, it was cool going into the dungeon. You see, like, it's you know, on, on, on Tiamat just show up. And yeah. as you're going down this this one hallway, he's, like, burning another hallway. Like, that was cool. Um, yeah. But then, you, you like, like Emmerich was like, hey, I'm fighting, too. And it's like, all right, why are you here? Like, I don't, this isn't the <laughs> Gimlet Dark. in there? I didn't even yeah. see Emmerich. Yeah. 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 yeah, you have some Alliance people in there. And you're just kind of like, all right, this isn't like some big grand epic thing. Like, I, don't, mm -hmm. I didn't understand why they were there. And that felt kind of odd to me. Yeah. Um, I do. This may, this might maybe be a connection here. One, I don't think the story actually set them up to be there. Two, I didn't even see them. But three, this is something that could maybe be a thing. One of the things that I thought was so cool about Emmerich being on Tiamat and like fighting with her and being on her back is that if Asinian. you've done Asinian? I'm sorry I said Emmerich yeah I, I meant <laughs> Emmerich's not that cool come on now <laughs> Emmerich's not that cool Asinian Asinian um like riding her and doing all this stuff is that if you do is it the Dragoon quest I think it is there is that little babby dragon that you talk to you know who mm. I'm talking about? He had a little, I think he had a little white dragon and like part of those quests in Stormblood is that you go to the steppe and his like um his uh parent has gone like has lost their mind because of a fragment of Nidhogg's song that's on the step and you have to like destroy them. He mentions in his dialogue that his dream is to eventually become a steed for the dragoons and that like once upon a time in the ancient civilization 
the like defenders, the knights of the like unified nation that was the elves and the dragons when they lived together in peace, like before all the tragedy that happened. Mm -hmm. They had a force of knights that rode on dragons. And he says that he wants to bring that day back again and one day be a steed for the dragoons and like be a dragon knight um like with them and so i can't help but wonder if they're setting up something where in the future we do see a bigger like actual union again between even if it's like a fictionalized far-off future where like ishgard as a nation comes together more with the dragons again and the dragoons themselves maybe become something closer to like dragon knights and we actually see this future realized at some point which would be cool i mean if if they keep tugging on that mirror thread yep exactly that's you exactly know, what are. I you are much better at keeping track of little tiny lore things than I am. <laughs> the only reason I know is because I roleplay and I have a character that has a dragon companion. So I went through every dragon related quest in my <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. It's, you know, different experiences. That's the one thing about an MMO mm -hmm. that's, that's just amazing. I mean, uh, I gave it a three as well. Because, yeah, it was great. I enjoyed it. It was a great set piece. There was fun stuff. I really like fighting Luna Bahamut. I did not I did not expect it. But when I saw it, I was like, okay, that makes perfect sense because he's not the threat. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just kind of, uh, I don't know. It To me, it was fun. But, yeah, the bosses aren't really much to write home about. I mean, I do enjoy the second boss being someone who has a lot of AoE. Oh, that second yeah. boss is really fun. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and and they brought back just that that little bit of verticality. Yeah, like just, just a little bit, you know, a little bit something a little bit different. So that was nice right. to see. That's fun. Uh, also, yeah, also, Garlemald has the slowest ass missiles on the planet. Oh. <laughs> yeah. What's like coming out of this? They're just like those <laughs> missiles, though. One shot you. Unless oh, yeah. you're a tank. I couldn't believe it the first time I got clipped by one and immediately died. Right. I was like, what? Man, imagine if they could if Garlemald could make them a little faster, they'd actually be mm -hmm. worth worth something. They just yeah. need to drop them. They get faster with There gravity. you go. Just yeah. I don't did, even do put you, an engine on them. I did, did you not like mm -hmm. Did you not get like worried from from raiding before cuz those were in uh, the Omega tier, right? You just mm -hmm. see them and you're like, oh, 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 get out of the way. Get out of the way. <laughs> I truly hate that fight. That was my yeah. least favorite fight from Omega. Yeah. I despise it. So the moment they appeared on the field, I was like, no. Yeah, that face. <laughs> I hated it. F uh, missiles. All of that said, I did like the design of the second fight in the mm -hmm. sense that I like when they focus on something different in the game. So like the idea, kind of like how, oh, in the dungeon that is on the step, where you're becoming a step warrior and you get your bird at the end. Oh, um, uh, Bartim's, Bartim's Metal. Bartim's yeah. Metal. The, me mechanics the dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> I like they had a boss that was mechanics based. And kind of like why I like the Rothalus fight in the second phase, it being more about like uh, consecutive hits that you land on the boss rather than pure raw damage that brings mm -hmm. it down. I think that's really neat. So seeing them focus on a different aspect that is AOE damage and area of denial was really cool. Like you have to figure out where you're going to be in position so you don't get hit by the stuff. People who have a lot of AOE can really, really showcase that because really when mm -hmm. you think about it, AOE damage and like straight up one-on-one -on -one damage are kind of like two big things in Final mm -hmm. Fantasy XIV, but we don't always see like minus speed runs of dungeons or stuff like that. We don't usually see a lot of fights where it's like, well, you want to make sure you bring a DPS that has high AOE to like mm. get in here and burn yeah. this huge thing on the spot. Like you don't see that. So it was nice to have that. 
I just, I felt like the two bosses leading up were, they just felt maybe a little repetitive. To, like, we've yeah. had the big Coral boss before. We've had the, like, I just wish that there had been something unique, some, like, unique enemy models and stuff like that. That's mostly what I think I was craving. Mm -hmm. But I do think that overall, I rated this pretty high. I like this dungeon. Mm -hmm. I like the experience. So, like, my critiques are very minimal. It's just, mm -hmm. like, thoughts that I had as I was going through. Right. Yeah, I like that the the one boss. You know, it, it's uh, you don't get a lot of bosses where it's just a lot of mobs showing up. Um, yeah. You know, it's kind of like that one in um, in Amarot, where it's just right. all of a sudden you're going and there's just like a thousand enemies on the screen. You're like, that's, that's really what? Weird. Is I hated that one, but the, okay. this one I didn't mind. It's yeah. it's a little bit it's a little bit different though because there's like variety, I guess. It's and it's a little it's, more organized. It's not just, organized. It's not just like here's a billion things kill them here's a billion things kill them yeah also, it's, this it's a little more organized killing yeah. it's back this one's like here's two groups of stuff oh they're dead go beat up also, something please, else for 50 percent. and then but but then stand here it's not just like okay we're just gonna like take the barrel of monkeys and just dump it out in the arena yeah, yeah. okay yeah. kill so, them yeah. all hey, so they took the mob boss and, and made it something that i actually enjoyed compared to right. being in the past small arena a yeah. lot of mobility it didn't feel boring yeah um, I wonder. I wanted to ask everybody really quick. Um, mm -hmm. This this sort of sort of visually, not necessarily like location, but like war wise, was kind of similar to Gimlet Dark. Mm -hmm. um, Gimlet Dark, but red. Yeah. Or like gold. But I really liked this one, and Gimlet Dark was meh. I'm not sure why. Why do you guys? Think? I actually liked Gimlet Dark. Well, did I, you? Okay. Yeah, I did. I. It's. I think. Oh, it's so tough. I have so many thoughts that are all happening simultaneously. It's so tough. Um, because Gimlet, to me, actually did feel like an interesting sort of change of pace because we hadn't really fought on a battlefield before like that. And and I liked that we were kind of going through it. Um, so for me, I, I thought that one was fun. The variety of bosses was interesting to me. This one I do like. And I think that for me, it's funny because... Um, the stuff that kind of leads you up to it, right? Like, until you hit that dragon vista, I kept saying in my playthrough, I was like, when is this thing going to happen mm -hmm. or you know, be in this dungeon that I visually remember, that makes it memorable, that makes me go like, oh yeah, you know, like there are so many different little moments like that that we have in different dungeons. Um, and like, gosh, like even just the, the, the one, uh, the fall of Amarat, like we've been mentioning mm -hmm. a few times, that one is like so seared into my brain. Like the building is collapsing and like these mobs, like it's right, so yeah. cool. So I was like, where is the thing that visually is going to be really indicative to me? And we really only get it at the very end. Mm -hmm. And so like everything up until then, I was like, it's fine. But that last little leg of the dungeon, I think does all the work. Which, right. like, maybe there's a larger critique to be had about I, that. I, I don't know. Yeah. But I think... the, the imagery... Oh, I just want to say super fast. But the imagery of that last bit is so powerful as well because of all the sun analogies that they've been making. Mm -hmm. So the idea that, like, the sun is setting on this and is going to rise on a new arc, they yeah. did that, like, a thousand times in a billion different ways. Like, mm -hmm. you know, they've been kind of building stuff up. But I thought that made it really striking with that visual as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think if we're, if we're trying to compare it to Gimlet Dark, I think... Um, we've we had a little bit more familiarity with the characters used in Paglophon. Mm -hmm. There was a little bit more build up to it. Um Gimlet Dark, I you know, at the end we fight those those the the twins. Yeah. We didn't really know anything about them, who they were, why we yeah. should care about them. Okay. Uh you know, they were kind of 
poised up to maybe be slightly more important, but it's like, oh no, it's just a dungeon boss. Um, right. And I think the other thing, too, that, that held Gimlet Dark back is there are so many things going on surrounding Gimlet Dark, whereas Pegglethon is more of like, here's the dungeon. It's not, here's the cutscene leading up, you know, here's here's the politics leading up to the dungeon, leading up to the instance fight, leading up to the cutscene. There was a lot going on with Gimlet Dark. So, um, so here's my comparison. They have the same um, elements, but in Gimlet Dark, you threw it in a blender and hit on. In mm. uh, Pagathon, you made a sandwich out of it. It was more organized. I mean, I, I do like a good sandwich. <laughs> I can go along those lines, because what well, I was going to say, my big difference, because I actually just ended up rouletting yeah. through Gimlet Dark a couple times about a week ago. Pagathon is a better paced version of Gimlet mm. Dark. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. as much running through fields to get yeah. to mobs. And I can see that. In yeah. One place while a bunch of mobs come at you. Yeah. That's more of a straightforward. There's, there are a pull, lot of kind of scripted pull, things pull, in go. Gimlet Dark. Yeah. Like yeah, I really, I takes like half the time to do. So I'm okay. Yeah. No, I, I'm on, I'm on board with Rook that uh, Gimlet is a great setting and a lot of great stuff happened there, but in a really boring way. That's fair. Remember that I one time Estidian saved that. us off, off screen. Yeah. I honestly, uh, I'll never like, get over I, that. I can't even now, thinking back, like remember what I said about it when we first did it. Maybe I said I hated it when we first did it. I don't know, <laughs> but um, it's like maybe it's like the greater context of things. I, yeah, I, Gimlet works, but I do agree with what everybody's saying in that there are certain bosses and things that just don't feel like maybe they're as impactful. I do think mm -hmm. the pace is kind of slow, and especially in those areas where like all this stuff just plays out, and you like literally just have to stand there and like wait for the thing to happen. But at the same time, it's kind of fun to see, like, your allies actually sort of, like, yeah. get involved mm -hmm. in right. the moment and, like, protect you from the thing or do the thing. So I guess I, I don't hate that as long as it's not something as absolutely brutal as, like, the old MSQ, you know, like, the bit, like, from the MSQ roulette, I'm talking, yeah. Praetorium, kind of. Yeah. There, they went too far. But I think, like, those culminating moments and, like, those ally fights definitely have been fine-tuned. And I think that they were made more concise i do agree in that it's super weird like why is why are emmerich and lucia there i didn't even notice them yeah. so i'm gonna have to look for them next time but like the stuff with tiamat and astinian is amazing in this mm -hmm. one and that ending to the dungeon is really fantastic too so for me i honestly think they're about the same mm -hmm. i might even kind of like mm -hmm. i might kind of like i don't know it's all right it's okay. so no, so, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think what I feel about it. Like, I might like the mobs and stuff, at least just, like, the, the challenge, I guess, a little bit of them, and, like, the balancing and tuning of it a little bit more in Gimlet, but mm -hmm. I think I overall like the impact maybe a little bit more of Pagglethon, and it feels mm -hmm. maybe a little more unique. I, I don't know. I will say, so. I'm glad to see Pagathon replacing Heroes Gauntlet at Expert Roulette. Yes. We're knocking out <laughs> one of the most formulaic uh. dungeons with uh. something that has a few... Different ways you can approach it now. Yes. Yeah. Now yes. we just need to get him get rid of Matoya's relic. Yeah. I love so, Matoya's relic though. It's fun. Uh, so it's overall, as well. It talking is, about Gimlet Dark. Fun. Uh, we mm. we did like this overall more than Gimlet Dark. Everybody here gave it a three, uh, so that gave it a fifteen out of twenty. Uh, if you go back mm -hmm. in time, uh, Gimlet Dark, uh, Mister Happy was our guest reviewer for that. All of us gave it twos. Yeah. Um, so that was ten out of twenty. Whereas now <laughs> wow. we all gave this one a three. So, Funnily enough, I was I waffled. I almost yeah, made it I remember. One. On on this one, I almost made it a two, and I think with Gimlet, yeah, I, I almost made it a three. So you you weren't one. here. You weren't here for Gimlet. Oh, I wasn't. Oh, I this, I no, because 
Because that, that, gosh, when was that? That was uh, 2019. Oh my gosh, so. you're right. Never mind. I didn't give anything any scores. Excellent. <laughs> Nobody can hold me accountable. Who knows what my thoughts were? <laughs> I don't know. One is time. All right. Uh, so that'll take us into the trial and the, yes. the story. Sorrow of Whirlit. Um Did everybody give their scores for that one? I think we kind of all did as we were going it, along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody gave it threes. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, everyone gave it three to the dungeon. I'm just, I'm just gonna put this one up here now. Everybody gave this a four. This has got a perfect score. Yeah. Uh, Whirlit was amazing. Uh, I will it, argue. It almost didn't get a perfect score. Okay. Okay. I will argue and die on the ground that the story overall for Sorrow of Whirlit was better than the Shadowbringers MSQ. Fight me. I will. I will fight you. Yeah, I'd probably hmm. fight you a little bit. Not like not too. I mean, I at think least can I get some popcorn there. before this goes down? Though, like <laughs> uh, overall, I think it's overall, more because of absolutely not. Lately, maybe. Just I'm just saying, like overall, absolutely not. We will fight, and I'm sorry you'll die. Uh, but oh. <laughs> but the uh, the lately the story lately versus we're lit. I will perhaps give okay. to you. I. Uh... I mean, I, Mark is I, like I did not expect to get death threats on the podcast when I agreed to come on. <laughs> I, I thought it'd be fun. I didn't realize it was going uh, to be a uh, conscientious trial by combat. Um, I thought it was really good. The the ending for me with the weird like hologram thing that was a little bit <laughs> odd, but then they called him dad. Yeah. And that just erased all the weird whatever that is, and I'm just like mm. done. Like it was, I I thought it was really great you know one of the things that we've been talking about leading up to the conclusion of this quest flying was what are they gonna do with milkman what's yeah are we gonna is he gonna stick around are they gonna kill him in a in an okay way in a great way um one, one of my favorite videos i just saw the other day um it's this that that cutscene, that final confrontation between mm -hmm. gaius and uh and milkman um where he's got his ipad and he's like trying to like look up like Gaius's tactics and somebody like photoshopped like Google into it. Yeah. Like he's trying to like do a search and he keeps getting ads. <laughs> that's, that's great. I saw that's one great. that just had uh the Miztech logo in it. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh, that's so good. It was great. Yeah. I, I think they gave him a, a, a pretty solid death. I the, oh, yes. the, the, sound, the sound effects. The sound yes. effect. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That was a I don't know it's, if I quite agree with that that last that second part of it. There was like the pop and then the like the weird like dripping mm -hmm. like ah that one that's, was that's his outer meat it. shell exploding yeah. like a water yeah. balloon and all the insides running out fusion. Mm -hmm. So Well I, I understand what it was. Don't you that was the milk. <laughs> Being illustrated. That's where the milk that's the milk where Let's it's see what milk. you're made of. Oh, just milk. It's milk. Oh, yeah. Um, um, yeah, his death felt very appropriate. Mm -hmm. I oh, I have so many feelings about everything that happened. I I, it started know. off yeah. stronger than I thought it would have. Um, where you know they they get in the mech, and this whole this whole time they're like, yeah, we're gonna like pilot these and you know destroy mm -hmm. the empire with them so that people don't have to deal with what we've dealt with. And like the first thing is like, okay, I'm in the mech now. I'm just gonna like rage and just kill everybody. I'm like, finally, somebody just did the thing they've been talking <laughs> yeah. about doing. Um, and say like fusion you brought up the the spectral holographic ghost children and yeah. the thing with that though is that we know that orosite is like a part of these mm, machines that's true yeah and yeah we, yeah like we have seen even in the evil east raids we've seen with like mm -hmm. the gongo stuff 
like the ability for Orisite to hold memory, but also mm -hmm. to hold almost like entire entities within it. Uh, the Asians, like the fact that it's almost like you can kind of upload somebody to them and then they can mm -hmm. manifest. We saw that with the Zodiac Braves, like yep. they, it, it's definitely, there is context and like, I think lore around it, which is good. Yeah. Um, and yes, when they called him dad, I died inside. Mm -hmm. And when I, yeah. I just like, I was blown away by these quests. Like, I'll be honest, these have become some of my favorite, my favorite story in all of the game. And when we started it, like we were even saying last week, when we started this, I was like, oh, it's mm -hmm. okay. Like, I actually, I loved the reveal and Ruby weapon, Emerald weapon. I was like, there's some cool stuff. And like the story around it is what sold it. The yeah. Sapphire weapon thing was super weird. And I was like, yeah. I, I wish we just had a whole fight but, here. But the benefit like, there was we also got Turncliff with that. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on? It's like, you go from like this fight to be like, oh, hey, look, there's like the cliff from Collusion that they reused. Yeah. And they're like, yo, whole new, like little town. What's up? And it's like, shit, okay, <laughs> you win. <All> yes, right. <laughs> yes. And like the way that it all culminated I mean, I will never forget this one. This was mm -hmm. incredible. And I wasn't even expecting that last final cutscene before the little like fiend appears in the corner. Right. I went to turn it into that man and I was like, and I'm done. Great, great, great. And then the screen went black and a cutscene came up and I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, you're gonna get me. You're gonna get me again. I know you're gonna get me. Mm -hmm. And then a whole like last part with her just everything and like even mm -hmm. the diamond weapon fight i i actually thought the fight was really fun i thought it i loved the way they played with dimension of space there's oh, so yeah. many things to break down and i know we're gonna break them all down but overall i just like i adore this this has been yeah. some of my favorite story i cried i think they did really great justice by having you know gaia stay complex and not yep. just be absolved mm -hmm. i thought that him realizing that like his legacy isn't him as a like you know, hero of Garlemald, but rather the best parts of himself that were passed on to his children. And that like the best that he can do now is to like try and realize their dreams. And that really maybe he wasn't that important all along. And like, mm. I just cried. <laughs> I stopped. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I so thought that was good. super important. Like that's one of the couple of things that pushed it into a four for me. I was, I was mm -hmm. looking at a three. Um, one of, one of the things was that it actually did make me feel like emotion where I couldn't like handle myself, right? Right. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the MSQ didn't do that this time around necessarily, except for the part with the twins. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, this part, uh, certain things actually did make me get misty eyed or like mm -hmm. really angry or, you know, so that, that always helps a little push. Um, but all of the stuff with Gaius, because as we've been talking about this whole time, he is a villain, he is a bad guy. Even if he's on the good guy list right now and he's helping us out, he still had ideals that are not not our ideals. He's mm -hmm. still loyal to Garlemald, mm -hmm. all this, that, and the other thing. And uh, the end part of this quest was him basically being like, ah, all of those exact lines that you've had to watch me say in Praetorium 5,000 right. times, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. So that, that was... Very, very important. And I also one thing really quick before uh, you go is uh, I there's one little smidge that bothers me where um, two of the characters that like his two buddies basically are, are talking mm -hmm. about him like, oh, you yeah. know, he he used to be loyal to Garlemald and this, that and the other thing. And I'm like, no, I think he still is loyal to Garlemald. He mm -hmm. just has a different concept of what it is now. 
Mm. Yeah, that's why I liked it. They absolutely did not completely absolve Gaius of yeah. everything that he did. They yeah. don't Even though the character said it? Mm -mm. They do not let you forget that he has massacred thousands of people yeah. in the name of Garlemald. They, they've humanized oh. Gaius a little bit. They've given more reason for why he is actually mm -hmm. kind of on your side now, even though I don't think he's ever going to go full Scion like they're trying to no. do with Fordola, apparently. But th they built him up. They made him a much better character. Mm -hmm. They've given him more, a stronger reason for where he mm -hmm. is right now than when he suddenly showed up at the end of, what was it, Stormblood and suddenly yeah. became uh, a good guy. They've justified where he is right now. And, yeah. they made, and it made me cry. So this is, I, you know, I, w I want to point out as, as much as we were kind of like, oh my gosh, uh, you know, Marth gave the MSQ a one. Um, that's no, we, we've never given anything a one before. Uh, this trial, I actually just, I took a minute uh, and mm -hmm. looked. First time we've had anything with a perfect score. Yeah. Oh. It, it absolutely deserves absolutely. it. Absolutely. I think so. Yeah. And I love um, everybody bringing up, Zen, actually, your point about him still being loyal to Garlemald is one of the things that I, even, like, in my own playthrough and, like, you know, um, content that I was making around it, like, I brought up as being one of the moments that really, really, I think, moved the writing from, like, this is good to this is an, like, an, uh, an incredible characterization. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because there is a moment at the start of this patch where he has a whole thing where he's talking about his perspective of um, Milkman. What's his real name? Bar Bar uh, Valens. 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 Yeah. or something. Valens. Mm -hmm. Where he's talking about him. And in one breath, he t like he says, like, you know, the Empire has done these terrible things and everything that this man has done is awful. And then he has this one line where he says, that's not what a legatus should be. Yeah. And it's this incredible interplay that's so human because mm -hmm. like you said he is i believe still loyal to garlemald but he is also in the exact same moment realizing that garlemald never was what he thought it was mm -hmm. and that like all of these ideals that he built himself up around all of these things that he believed made him infallibly right were actually so narrow-minded and so harmful and so destructive. And so while he has this ideal still that, like, his brain is grappling with, kind of like how when we speak language, you know, um, we sometimes have trouble with tenses or, you know, like, we will mess up these little things, these, like, Freudian slips where you, like, can contradict yourself in one sentence. And it's really rare that you see writing that does that because a lot of times people want to simplify characters. Mm -hmm to make them easier for like an audience to understand if that makes sense. But that like one detail alone in his writing to me was like, holy cow. Like they have really mm -hmm. done something special with this. And mm -hmm. you see that throughout the whole thing. I mean, you see that through everything. It, it's so neat how they worked that in with this quest. And I think he comes out of it just as complex as he started. Although obviously doing something yeah. that is more selfless, but um, I'm glad they didn't absolve him either. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm very happy about yeah. that. To me, outside of sorry, go ahead. Oh, I I was gonna launch into a diatribe about Gundam, so you can. You can <laughs> okay. Um, I was gonna say outside of this particular storyline, uh, the most recent thing I can think of where we see that Gaius is absolutely still uh, for Garlemald is when he gets into the throne room and tries to save yep. the Emperor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it's slap in the face, obvious. Like he has been elsewhere doing other things that have nothing to do with Garlemald for ages 
And maybe it's because he considers this guy a friend, or maybe because it's he, he considers this guy the figurehead of something that is important to him. But he's still trying to save the Emperor, and boy, mm -hmm. wouldn't it have been nice if he had. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. To me, like, Gaius is now the best A-Shar in, in fiction. <laughs> um, it, it's a meme from Gundam when a villain is kind of like Shar, which is the principal villain in original Gundam. This person who is driven for their cause, it's a very wrong cause, who do horrible things, who's a horrible person, but then comes back and helps and then doesn't and still never changes, right? And the end of that arc, I will not go into because it's great. Um, but to me, Gaius is, is heading for a moment like that, especially when we go into Garlemald and he sees what has changed and he has to decide, do I rebuild this or do I not? Right? Because mm. it's kind of mm. up to him. And I can't wait to see that. But yeah, there's so many Gundam references. Like, I'm not going to list the list. <laughs> I know that it's fun, right? It's fun to know that, yeah, yeah, the things that we fight on are literally a Gundam from a show, right? It was called the Dendrobium. It had this mobile armor. The whole shedding the mobile armor, uh, shedding the armor to be smaller, that's uh, a big trope. I mean, there's so many little things. The thing that I want to talk about most is. Allie and her brain frying. Her weird, you know, her her mm -hmm. being really broken from that is a principal part of one show that I will not tell you that everything is going well. Everything is saved. The day is won. And then, you know, they're just talking. It's in the it's in the credits, right? You're just seeing this alongside credits. And someone's talking to one of the main characters. And they start saying something weird. And everyone's like, wait, what's wrong? And you find out that they're losing oxygen in their cockpit. And it doesn't end well for them. Hmm. Right? Like, war kills people. War changes people. This story is about war and people who think it's great, people who want it to be great, and the true realities of it. And that's what Gundam is. Right? And, like, that little twisting of the knife, as soon as she started making the noises, I was like, oh, no. It's, it's, they're doing, and, yep, they were. And it's just so interesting where they brought these things from. You know, there's some throwaway ones like the G-Savior. If people are really into yeah. Gundam and you say G-Savior, they go, oh, no. Because that's a Canadian live action show. I read about that, yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. It's the worst. But that's what G-Savior is. And that's why I think I think one of the, the things oh. kind of that, that not a lot of people are going to think about, mm -hmm. right? Um, just with how good this story arc was. Right. It kind of bums me out that that Mighty wasn't around exactly to see it, right? Oh. Having such a big Gundam fan, and then you do this, you know, kind of in in a memorial, kind of. Yeah. I mean, mostly. I I'm not sure. You know, Yoshipi has said that this is part of it. Was that the way they started this thinking, or did it happen alongside? Who knows? But yeah, this is this is a love letter to people who. Well, one, love stories like these. These impactful, Yeah, you're not all going to make it out like this is reality type of stories. Um, and two, especially for people who are fans of kind of older school Gundam, I'm not going to say that newer Gundam is less impactful, but I'm going to say that newer Gundam is less impactful. But... <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to get Sly on but, sometime, and we're just going to let you two oh, two yeah. get out. And... Oh my gosh, oh, yeah, I would love fun. that. But yeah, it's just one of these things that is integral to... To me, what makes a good Gundam story, you know, you look at like Macross and it's a little different. Uh, they're, they're similar themes, but not in the same way. 
But Gundam to me is that drag out, this is the realities of war. These are not super weapons. They are, but they're not really. Everyone is vulnerable, even when you're in there. And that's one of the things that I really loved about this. And of course, his death. Balan's death is just so... Crushing. I don't know. Just, yeah. I don't know much about Gundam, but I like the couple, small couple, maybe Evangelion references. They oh, yeah, exactly, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. 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 They gave him the... Gave him the Kaoru way to go. Yep. yep. Kaoru. <laughs> yes. Evangelion. Evangelion was the very first anime I ever watched. Yeah. And I was obsessed yeah. with Kaoru Nagisa. I collected every figurine that ever oh, existed. No. And when I got to the part where his head pops off, yep. died inside. So oh, by the way, this is, I guess, an Evangelion spoilers podcast <laughs> now. Yeah. Oh, that's so just... old, though. Oh, it's so old. Oh. There's no, like, you, it's, yeah. yeah. It's um, one of, go ahead. I was going to say, Aldino, I, I agree with you. And I like your commentary about more recent stuff, right? Like maybe not being as in-depth. I think a lot of that is because as stuff goes more mainstream, it becomes more marketable. And they try to sell it in a way that sometimes can, can cut some of those very harsh commentaries that maybe originally artists or directors want to discuss. And when it comes to things like Final Fantasy XIV, we've always had a world that's been very violent. Like... Even if it isn't always shown, there's a lot of stuff that's super messed up in Final Fantasy XIV. Mm -hmm. And I think the big thing for me is that this has been one of the first stories that has been graphic in a sense, right? These moments that we can all think of, even before with like Emerald Weapon, that like whole torture scene, the burnout, mm -hmm. the bat, like burn out the bad. It's really visceral. And I love hearing you nerd about Gundam because I think that it's important to know like where the inspiration comes from, what the commentary does. Um, and it is something that especially, I think in our modern day and age is something that is so important to consider, right? Because you're right, just because the war is over does not mean that the soldiers who fought in it have left it behind. Mm. And that the atrocities that have been committed on people, on lands, on cultures are just done. And Fordola does this in a beautiful way. Mm. And now we get to see it in this story too. And I know, I know people that I love and admire who were combatants, who have struggled with PTSD, who've had no support for mental health coming out of service, who, you know, really have been um, suffering these effects, you know? And so when we got that beat at the end mm -hmm. where you get this actual discussion where Gaius is confronting, I mean, the fact that, yes, he raised these children to be weapons. And then these children did something that he himself couldn't, which is that they saw beyond what that meant to try and do something that to them was meaningful change against the regime that they had been built into. And that because of that, and because of the only context they'd ever known for their lives, they did it through this bloodshed and warfare, and they died and they paid the price for it. But that the survivors left behind now have to deal with that. And like the fact that he has that moment with Ali where he, like, there's this realization that like, he will have to care for her and help her recover was so wonderful because yes, like you said, it's like war is not this glorious thing that we see in commercials and on billboards and on like fighting for your name. Like there is so much that goes into it on both sides. There is so much that happens and there's so much that continues even after it's done. And so I love that they put that complexity in this and then tying all of that as well into the bigger thing with Mighty, who was a friend of Yoshida-san, who um, the show Dad of Light, for anybody who might not know, or who just doesn't know the context of this, was based off of, who was a real Final Fantasy XIV player who loved Gundam, became friends with Yoshida-san, and then passed away. 
like that moment, the fact that there is that monument and that they discuss like grief and loss and how like you have to carry on and carry that burden, but that it's not always a terrible thing. And that like remembering people and loving them is something that can help you take those steps even as you grapple with their loss. Like <sighs> paired with mighty and everything else, I just, it wrecks me, it wrecks me. And mm -hmm. it, this is such a long thing, but it's just like, there's so much to break down in these single quest, like in even just this one installment of this quest. And that really speaks to, I think, what it achieved and why it's so impactful and why it got our first perfect score apparently ever, yeah. you know? I have one good. thing that mm -hmm. I want to admit that I hate, but also appreciate. Okay. Um, the fact that they put Alphonse in the weapon, I think yeah. is so dumb. I think it's really <laughs> stupid, but yeah. I do I do like the elements that came out of that. I mm -hmm. I think that having handled that any other way wouldn't have worked as well uh, for Allie. So I, I appreciate yeah I appreciate that that yeah. he is he's in the weapon. He's taking care of her. He makes sure that she survives, and then he gives her all those memories that help her recover. Uh, and yeah. I know you. I know that you. You said you hated the little like memory, uh, like hologram thing, but I loved it. I actually did really like it. I I, I didn't hate it. It was just kind of odd to me. I think the the thing, sure. if I had to pick something that I I disliked out of this, um, and I'll, I'll fully acknowledge this is like a you know, damned if they do, damned if they don't kind of situation, right? It's that idea of with the the weapon fights right you have that idea of of oversoul and some kind mm -hmm. of weird crazy transformation and we kind of get that but we also kind of don't it's a little it feels a little bit more tame uh and it basically just turns into like a metal ifrit um and like there's a part of me that's like man i wish it was something like big and grand like ruby weapon was but at the same time like if we did get that i'd probably say oh they did this before so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they shot their shot during Ruby. That out of the three fights, yeah, that was the absolutely. most dramatic. And I was going yeah. through turn nine when I did Ruby. Oh for the yeah, first time. So, beautiful. Uh, that lined beautiful. up perfectly. Ah. Yeah, that's awesome, yeah. <laughs> that shit blew yeah. my mind though. As soon as they're so like, good. "Hey, what? Well, guess what? It's Darnus again," and you're like, "No!" and you're looking around, yeah. and it's freaking yeah. Cartano, and you're mm -hmm. just like, "Uh." Yeah. You can't so follow good. that moment. I don't. No. There are not very many moments in the game that you can do that, especially after you do it once, right? Because you know we could expect for that. Okay, maybe there's that, a Bahama or yeah. a Phoenix or something, but like that patch, I I made it a point to like do more trial roulettes than I usually mm -hmm. do, just because I wanted to get into those groups where it's like, oh yeah, we beat it. I'm like, hold on to your butts, kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was so great seeing the fir people's first reaction right to that second phase. It was like, what? What? Uh, it was great. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, it's All so right. memorable. I mean, that turn is so memorable. And you're mm -hmm. right, Fusion. Like, I did find myself when we got done with the fight. There was a moment where I went, "Oh no, we got the thing. That's done. Oh, it's done. Okay. Right. All right. Yeah. I thought there might yeah. be something else, but like you said, at the same time, it's you know, it was like that middle phase was interesting to me, and I do really like. Oh my gosh, I love the part where he like jumps on the orbs because yeah. Yeah. I had this moment where I was like looking, and then I went, "What? Like he's on the ceiling? Like I, because, <laughs> get down from there, you, kitty! You get down from there! Stop! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> like it was one of those things where I just." It was cool because we don't see them play with space like that very much. Mm -hmm. They just don't. Yeah. Like, I can't, 
I mean, sure, maybe sometimes they get big and then they go off the side yeah. of the arena. Maybe some like there are little things. Maybe they they fly across or something. But it's so rare that we see a boss go upside down, go on a ball, jump on another ball, go across the thing. I really had fun mm -hmm. with that. Um, I think they could have maybe done like an end phase or something where he just goes buck wild and he's like under the thing and above the thing and all over and you're like trying to like figure it out. And I've heard that the extreme isn't too hard that the last phase is the hardest, it, but the rest yeah, really it's it's bad. really not. I mean, the, there's there's very few differences with the extreme fight. There's one where you just kind of need to spread out and move. You know, mm. you get like uh, like targeted uh, stuff, so you um, just need to make sure you time, don't hit right? the whole group. Yeah, you just need to make sure yeah. you don't hit the whole group with it. Um, and then really the only other change is like a lot of that stuff with the jumping and stuff. It's it's you don't get the the yellow AOE type of telegraph yeah. stuff. You just need to know where he's gonna be. And I mean it's 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 pretty forgiving um, from the the right. little bit of it that I've done. Um, just one more. I'm sorry, Gundam okay. Red. Do it. Do it. <laughs> when yep. you switch from one platform to the other, you get a debuff called Immobile Suit. That's true. <laughs> That's right. I remember so, seeing that. It's hilarious so to me. Like I don't. <laughs> I don't know who did it. I don't know why, but my God. <laughs> but localization. Genius. GG. Yeah. Localization. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that. Um, so that's going to move us in to the raid. Uh, oh, the uh, raid. Uh, 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 uh. I actually, I forgot we hadn't talked about this yet. And now I'm going, oh, no. Couldn't we have gone like raid first and then everything? <laughs> <laughs> if this raid was supposed to sell me on near, it failed completely. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This entire series, entire raid series. The, the, the I have funniest... a feeling I have the highest one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you do actually. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's kind of funny because there's there's a, a line in the beginning, uh, when you actually go into the raid, um, where they basically say like, yeah, don't don't pay attention to what the the robots are doing. It doesn't make any sense or whatever. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but the big. This is like the big contradiction of that, right? And it's like mm -hmm. the same in your automata. You hear all the time, like robots don't have any feelings. They, they're they not real people. Don't be upset if you kill them. And the entire thing is that Nier then shows you they do have feelings. Mm -hmm. You have been killing them. It's a whole You're play a murderer, on like, a real one. Like it's a whole play on what we consider to be our enemy, what we consider to be other, what we consider to be different than us. Like it's meant to be that, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I went off last week, and I'm yeah. not going to say half. You the sure stuff did. <laughs> I'm not going to say it again. So, if you want to know all of the like metaphorical breakdown I did mm -hmm. of the final boss fight and stuff, go listen to last week's episode. Rook actually got up out of her chair. True. That is the most like off I've I've ever seen her go. A, there's just so much to talk about when it right. comes to like the actual artistry of Yoko Taro and the breakdown of imagery and symbolism that he employs. So it's like I absolutely agree, Marth, in the sense that I don't think this raid lived up to either Final Fantasy XIV or Nier's the the points and the places that they excel in i think that for anybody who's not familiar with them and and who you know finds them inaccessible in a way coming into this raid fusion your opinion absolutely is valid off of what we've been presented you know i think the dwarves were a bizarre choice i think that everything in the context of this like yes in theory bits and pieces work together in theory there are certain themes that i love but 
I myself try really hard to dig into these stories. I mean, I hope that my critiques usually, you know, like I'm breaking apart text, I'm talking about symbol, like that stuff that matters to me with like a mm -hmm. theater background, with an acting background, with a writing background, it all matters to me. I hate, I hate these quests. Mm -hmm. I, hate <laughs> I think the pacing was egregious. I think that the in-between bonus story content we got was utterly useless and could have been used for literally anything that reinforced the actual themes of this story other than go stand and get a thing out of river, come back, go run down a hall, come back. I hated it. Like the bits and pieces people praise when it comes to like the discussion of ostracization from a community, I think is valid, but do I think it actually ties into the overall larger themes threat the the androids the mm -hmm. robots no it doesn't they're so disjointed and disconnected and i despise it <laughs> yeah. it also hardly did anything with the main characters of automata showing up in the game right with 2b and 9s those are their names right mm -hmm. yep they show up they say a few lines they are they be edgy for a little bit and then they go away mm -hmm. it was pure fan service I, there was zero characters you're like they're in this game you like for maybe 20 minutes total enjoy yeah there was yeah. absolutely zero like character connection with 2b and 9s they're just they just showed up um and I and i mean and i said that. yeah <laughs> and, you know and, and like i said you know last time and obviously like, hey, look, it's Square Enix. Hey, you know, we're going to put this near raid in. It's a collaboration. Some people like this game. Maybe it'll bring new people in. This, the, the best thing to come out of this raid is that we're going to have all original stories for the next raids in 6.0. <laughs> Every time I see anything about near replicant, like this for the last few weeks, it's like, hey, here's this boss. It's in the raid. Hey, buy the game. Here's this insert for fun. It's, it feels like such an obvious marketing ploy. And it's just, it makes the little bit that's in the game feel that much more uh, just stupid and needless. Like, people I just... About, people complain about advertising being in games. This entire raid series is just a giant goddamn... That's what it kind of feels mm. like to me. And that, that drives me. And I... Maybe it's, you know, like, we talked about this last week, right? Like, obviously, right. they're trying to tell their own story and stuff. But looking at where we are now with the timing of the release of both the patch and the game and it's just like hey check check it out the game's gone gold look at this cool screenshot oh hey that's that's a boss in the the raid mm -hmm. all right that's 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 cool and it's just i think the other thing too with it right and again it, it, you know it's what we talked about last week the the music is good the the mechanics yeah. they they do some interesting stuff oh, with the yeah. mechanics and we'll we'll get into that here in a second um but just overall, the story, I don't I don't know what happened. I don't know why I should care. And right again, that idea of the weeklies, why I should continue to care. So we're two weeks in now. Did we get anything extra? No, we got another stupid-ass letter with another, what, 310 gil. If there is something at the end of this, I hope there is. I really hope they do something with these right now. Because right now, I could care less. They, If there's a light at the end of the tunnel, they need to let you know. Because right now, I'm doing these, these quests, which is just... An insane amount of back and forth, back and forth into these areas that we've been into already. And it's just, why? Wh what is going to come out of this? And I, they don't give you any hint of that. And it's, you gotta, you gotta dangle that, that reward for, for players to want to do something. And there's, there's nothing there. So. At least the game <laughs> was fun. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't hate it. 
Um, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't particularly like it. There sure was almost a story there. Um, it was less story than Eden, and we know how passionately I feel about Eden. Uh, yeah, that was a thing that happened this expansion too. Uh, in some ways, this story is better than Eden, and that's mostly because they laid out a, a storyline, and I can follow it in a line. Uh, whereas with Eden, they're like, here's a thing here, and here's a thing here, and here's a thing here, and here's a thing That's here, fair. and here's a thing in the other area that has nothing to do with Eden, and you can go find that separately. So, like, it's not necessarily better than Eden, but it, it sure is. It's a story. Sea spot run kind of story. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, don't, I don't hate it. Um, it's not good, though. Um, mm -hmm. I, there was there was a portion in time where I was almost excited about what was to come, and what they gave me was okay. Yeah, that I guess that makes sense, but I don't care that much still. The mechanics and the fights themselves in all three of these, though, I really enjoyed. I, I honestly did enjoy the actually the actual mechanics and doing the fights more than some of the other ones. Did I enjoy the story more than say like Evelise, for example? Hell no. Um, but I did find some of the fights more enjoyable than some of oh, the police yeah. fights. Um, yeah. there, were, there were new fun mechanics. There were things that uh, I, I've never played near, as I've said before. But there were things from near that were added to these fights that were really fun. Um, so I, I, I do still like these raids. But only for, uh, I'm going to have to go and run this. And it's going to be enjoyable, at least. I don't have to pay attention to the story. Yeah, it's it's a um, bummer that and, these really cool mechanics are hidden behind such a lackluster story. Like I feel yeah. like I feel like it's the opposite. I feel like the lackluster story is sitting behind the mechanics, and you can just ignore it entirely. Mm -hmm. um, Speaking of mechanics, oh, and really quickly, yeah. uh, you said you said the best thing that come out of uh, the near raid is that the next one will be original. I disagree. Uh, it's the clothes. <laughs> I hate all the clothes. I don't. For the first the two tiers, all the, the clothes looked exactly like... the same. They don't look exactly the same. They yes, don't. they are black with a lot of buttons and stuff on mm -hmm. them. But you can dye them. Yeah, and they're you cute. Know what and I, I, meant. I okay, yeah, okay. So I wanted yeah. dresses, and they gave me dresses. Like, I wanted a cool shirt with a cape, and they gave me that. I wanted a weird ass toga with the side completely open, and they gave it to me. <laughs> I do I just... like. I do like a lot of the near aesthetic. I think, though, that, yes, there could have been more variation. There is so much cool gear between Drakengard and the various Nier games exactly. that is not just Nier Automata. Yes. And I do wish that we had seen different iterations. I also am not a huge fan of how they modified some, but not all, of the gender diversity with the outfits. Like, the 2B outfit, men can wear. Great. Love it. Like, but... With some of the other gear that dropped, there's like one that has a kind of fun, lacy boob window. I'm just going to state it for what it is. <laughs> but on the men, that boob window has gone. And I was like, come on, maybe they want to show off their beautiful pecs. Why are, you, why are you doing this to us? Or like with the one that has a slit up the side, like men have a shirt underneath it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I am so Everyone confused. I am Everybody so confused by, by SE, this expansion, yeah. with with you know right without going too deep into it right that that step backwards after you know 2.0 gives us those missing genders to then include gender specific races um to make this effort to you know stuff like the the, the bunny costume from gold saucer to make that wearable for everybody 
and then they go back and they say, okay, there's going to be these big drastic differences between right. male and female costumes. It's just, it's, it's, there's a lot of, like, you think they're getting more progressive, but then they take a couple steps back and they say no. And it's, it's really weird. And I, I'd be really curious to hear what kind of decisions were, were, you know, made behind the scenes in terms of, you know, time and resources and stuff to, to make that decision. Right. Yeah. It's strange. And, all of the larger discussion around this, I think I feel so passionately about this raid series because Fusion, I cannot deny what you're bringing up. And I think obviously from like a company standpoint, marketing is something that is thought about. Driving sales is something that's thought about. And so like, yes, I think there is a lot of it that is that. Um, and I think it's totally fair to critique that as well. But the potential, like what makes me feel so passionately about these raids is that I think the potential there for a really wonderful story was 100% present with the setting and the area and you'll more mm -hmm. like we talked about last week when I was, you know, discussing some of the parallels between the actual momentum of either mm -hmm. storyline for either, you know, the zone or the near raid. There's some really incredible stuff that could have been done there, but the ending just does leave you feel utterly yeah. underwhelmed. Like that moment where depending i think it's depending on who you've chosen and stuff yeah like the they end right. up being like well i was a construct but we didn't actually have a conversation about that or what it means or yeah. if you're one or like what you know what my experience might have been was i a liar the whole time who knows but i'm gonna okay be bye because <laughs> i'm gonna sacrifice myself to go into the glowing ball in the sky bye and then like <laughs> to be to be a nine ass are like hey know that we showed up and that there was a potential for a moment for us to like really discuss especially <laughs> with the reveal about this dwarf about like what it means to be, you know, AI or what it mm -hmm. means to be robots and our motivations and why 9S was a villain, it seemed like for a second, yeah. but, then wasn't, but how we fit in with 2B. But instead I took 9S and we did go down a tunnel and now we're back to tell you that you will always live in our hearts and now we are also gonna yeah. go die. And not that you know what robots or any, all, any of these things are anyway. And then also um, after having this entire dialogue with the villages and being like, hey, we don't want you here. Uh, everything kind of trying to, you know, conclude. And then they just leave anyway. <laughs> it's to me, so oh, weird. No, you go ahead. It's just it, weird. I just I don't I don't really have any emotion about this series other than just sadness because we just <laughs> talked about the trial and how taking things from Gundam, just inspiration, and turning it into an amazing fourteen story happened. Why could you not do it with Nier? Why was it on the first? Right? Like, there's not a lot of... I'm so happy it was, though, because now it's not going to affect the story going forward, and that's, they like, the best gift we could have asked for. They could have they tied it into any other lost civilization. Like, we could have delved into what it means, like you're saying, wrote to be a android created by this people that aren't there anymore, right? Like, that's so interesting. That's a lot of the automata feels is about that yeah. and what it means and you didn't touch it at all like it's what? it's interesting because i i agree with you to a point right it's that idea of you know how we got when we got evil east it was so ingrained yeah. in the existing mm -hmm. world um and it, if they did that with near maybe it could have been better but the way yeah. that it you know the way yeah. we have it now right I'm so thankful that it didn't. Yeah, they threw it in the sandbox because <laughs> I don't didn't want know any of that doing. ingrained with with anything. So we can just forget it and forget that it ever happened. Um, and I, I think, you know, another another bit, right? The 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 marketing ploy, right? That I, I went sure. off on. Yeah. I think the reason that those ideas stand out to me 
is because of just how forgetful and unimpactful the story was. Now, so I what happened behind the scenes is <laughs> okay. Mr. CEO SE came in, mm. talked to Yoshiki. He said, listen, your story is about to be over and I'm going to shut your MMO down. Unless you put in this big marketing <laughs> 24 man. I don't, no. I don't, I don't no. think that's, that's how it happened. No. If, I, if I remember. My joke. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's really it. And Yoshiki was like, no, no, I would like another 10 years. And CEO man was like, okay, but you got to put this uh, near thing in. He's like, okay, I will. I'm sorry. Anyways, that's that's we're going so, on and on about the story. But yes. the actual gameplay is fun. Yeah, yeah exactly. For the most part. For the most part. Yeah. yeah. I, Everybody's like, I went in and it was fun and the story was dumb and I ignored it, but I still enjoyed myself yeah. because the, the actual playing of the game was a lot of fun. I will admit, it seems like they got a little repetitive on the mechanics. The first boss, big first boss you fight, it's a big deal is, oh, now there's two of them and they're attacking you from two different directions. Then you fight the red girl. Oh, now there's multiple of them. Now they're doing things from different directions. And then you get to the boss on the elevator. Oh, now there's two of them, and they're attacking you from two Near different directions. Replicate. They just repeated the same thing over and over. Replicate. It fixed itself on the last boss. Yeah, the last I, boss I, I, was the best part of the entire series for me. I I agree. Series. Yes, um, that was a that was a and, lot and, of fun. And, That's a good. Boss. And again, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out the V word again. Verticality. Um, that the, Yoko Taro literally throws the Square Enix building at you. I game. saw that. Yes. If you look down, if you look towards the the top of the building, it has SQE on it. Like what? It's uh, so and that's good. cool. That's we we haven't had anything like that. You know, we we'll get like a you know puddles or something. Don't stand in the little circle. Yeah. But this is like, hey, look down because the, the building's gonna be coming up. I uh, ran I think the, that was the fight really cool. yesterday. Uh, with a, a friend who is a paladin, and he's like, "I'm gonna see if I can hollow ground that." I'm like, "You realize you're about to get hit with a building and knocked off of the arena?" Right? <laughs> yeah. Let's just see. Let's just see. And it doesn't work, by the way. <laughs> it's not too <laughs> often you get a fight where you get to watch other people just get straight yeeted. Right. So, so yeah. to, to clarify, people it. in the ch in the for for people in the chat uh, and for listeners, so it's not literally like the model of the actual SE headquarters. Mm -hmm. It's just a building that just happens to have SQE on yeah. it, like. As a as a little nod Easter egg thing, it's not the actual like literal uh, building, which I mean that would have been cool, but um, the, the yeah. mechanic and the music are really I think the big yeah. takeaway from these near raids because the musical collaboration is ingenious. That first yes. time, like in the very first mm -hmm. set of the raids that we got, where there's that mix of like the Final Fantasy tinkle 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 <laughs> tinkle with the with the overarching, you know, music and score from near. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yes. I sobbed. Like this is not even a joke. I cry I just cried. I, I can uh, remember when they, they sampled that. I think it was at uh, like a live letter at TGS. Yeah. Because they had uh uh oh god, I can't remember the name uh Oto Otobe Otabe the the composer for near it's something like that. Mm -hmm. I apologize. Um but they came out and they're like, hey, listen to this, and we're just like Holy shit, this raid's gonna be amazing. Unfortunately, uh, okay. I don't think any of the music quite lived up to that way of the world. No, wow. not again. No, it, it didn't, right? Because we get the second Again, one, and you're like... The first thing. Yeah, well, I mean, we get to that second raid, and it was like, alright, it's okay. Uh, I liked the, the the one, I think, at the end of this one. 
about the same as as the weight of the world mix um there's the that overall the the final fantasy theme is is again woven into that really well mm-hmm. i think um I think I it's think easier, that, too, because that song was very chill. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I think, too, that, like, if the actual supporting story had led us... This is what I this is what I broke down last week, mm-hmm. right? If the actual story had led us to this moment... And, like, I've seen people in chat even talking about how, like, Mount Golg and a lot of the stuff yeah. that happened there is very similar to this Ascension, exactly. which is, again, a huge... I, it's, like, the huge metaphor that I, I delved into, as well as all of the imagery in this last <laughs> fight involving trains, involving music, involving a lost world. Like mm-hmm. if you want that full breakdown, go listen to last week. Cause I'm really keeping myself from talking about it again. And it's really hard for me not to. <laughs> You'll be here all day. <laughs> but it's, it's something where that That's last fun. fight is actually, I think, and I really love this last set of fights. I have run it just for my own enjoyment multiple mm. times. And the last fight is really striking to me, but I think that music would have hit us as hard if we had been led to understand the context of that moment. As it mm-hmm. is, because I delved into it and picked apart a whole bunch of things, when that final, like, beautiful, melancholy song starts playing, it does absolutely, it gets me, it gets me good. And it is so stunning to, like, I think especially as well, end something where normally in, like, a fantasy setting, you're thinking, this is the final fight, this is the last boss of the entire mm-hmm. thing, so we're going to go really epic. I love when instead you get that understated, like, I don't know. Stillness almost. Melancholy is the word I keep using for it because I think it does have that quality. Um, this longing, this like sense of mm-hmm. loss. It's it's yeah, so sorrowful. Lovely. Sorrowful. Like it's so yeah. lovely. And I adore that. So I love these fights. It's just unfortunate because I think that yes, like that context doesn't lead us to actually have an emotional response there. Unless you're a big nerd like me and you dig <laughs> into all of how like the yeah. mechanics and the visuals like play into stuff. But the story itself doesn't give you that. You still kind of get that big epic moment during the final fight, during this yeah. scene transition, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Suddenly ending up in a real-world real world setting. Not, I mean, makes no sense. Not not mentioned in the story. As yeah. a set piece, oh, goddamn yeah. amazing. I love oh, that yeah. transition. I like yeah, the, I mean, the, when the, the first phase boss shows up and she's stu- halfway stuck in the ball. And you can tell mm-hmm. she's, like, trying to walk, but she's stuck. I cracked up, man. <laughs> <laughs> she's just stuck. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. So scores. I I gave it a two. I don't think that surprises anybody. Uh. I I contemplated a one. Um. Oh. But because because you know with with this right being the third and the final. Okay. It wasn't terrible. The the music was good. The mechanics were were enjoyable. They did some cool stuff with the mechanics. Uh. But the story was just it was poop. Um, and whatever this weekly stuff is, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I wish they would tell us instead of just making us have to find out over the span of who knows how many weeks. Um, so that's a two. I did a three. Um, I really enjoyed the fights and while I did not like the story, I'm not, uh, feeling a burning passionate anger over it either. So <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, enjoyment of the fights that I got, it was enough to barely push it up to a three. I gave it a two. Just because I, again, the story probably alone would have gotten a one for me. But Fusion, much like you, the fights, the music, I think those really are my major takeaway. So two, you know, if it was fights alone, maybe it would have been three. But to me, that like intermingling and that overall disappointment that I felt just brought it down for me. 
Yeah, I was a two as well because it's just this feeling of 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 sadness that this is the crossover that we're gonna get from near, and this is what happened with it, right? Could have done so much more. Not gonna get into you know metaphors and things like that, but it's just to me the weight of the world remix. It's extra hard because it's played for the warrior of light and for to be and what it means to be the last vestiges of a civilization and remembering them and trying to like there's just so much you could have done better i wanted more you got it too got it too for me as well story can f right off didn't endear mm -hmm. me to yoko tower at all <laughs> and some of the mechanics in the tower itself are repetitive but i still find myself running it even through just the last mm -hmm. couple fights in the in the raid it's still fun to play through and i never have to touch the story again i can just play the content i like now so it's a two all right that puts us at an 11 out of 20 i don't i think a lot of us saw this coming um mm -hmm. <laughs> based off the discussion last week yeah. all right that is going to take us into our final category the ever Other. um <laughs> So I think for me, um, I gave it a three. Um, there were some really cool things. I think that it's they have done so many quality of life things with this expansion um, that it feels weird that we didn't have anything like earth shattering quality of life wise right with this patch. Um, but they've done so much. Um but we did get some really cool things. Um, we got, uh, you know, the, the the festival stuff with the firmament now that Ishgard Restoration is done. Um, I thought that was nice. A little, you know, something you can just kind of jump into when it's available on that, you know, that same kind of two-hour window that they do this content on now. Um, I thought that uh, it's fun getting those, those little loot box things. Um, you know, it's easy. They're mostly inconsequential in terms of what they actually give you. But there's such a huge randomness to it as well. So I think that's really cool. You know, get uh, some, some minions or, or something that you haven't, you know, like, like I got like the ugly duckling, I think from, from one, you're like, Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so it's, it's fun to just be able to do, you know, jump in and do, um, it's a little chaotic, uh, when there's a lot of people. Uh, but, uh, other than that, there was the, uh, the new, uh, craftable weapons, um, you know, yeah. not doing weapons for the, uh, the newer jobs was 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 kind of dumb. We talked about that last week. Uh, but the animation, I, I, especially on the Bayako one, I thought was really cool. We haven't had anything like that before. Um, again, going back to something we've never had before, that new housing glamour, right? And, I, I, you know, mm -hmm. not everybody has a house. Uh, this won't yeah, a pet, right? Um, yeah. But I really do appreciate that they did something so different uh, in terms of a, a housing exterior. Um, and I thought that was really cool. And I'm really looking forward to see, like I said last week, what people, you know, are able to do with, with it, you know, either you know, gl you, you know, glitches stuff up upwards, like uh, you know, decks or, or something, um, or uh, you know, what Square does just with these housing exteriors going forward. I think this, you know, being the first drastically different one, I think there's there's a lot of really cool potential for this going forward. So, so how do we pronounce these uh, festival things? Feats? I've heard I've heard fates, Fetiches? but it's just if you're fet. doing it with the French pronunciation, yeah, it's fetiches. Fet. Fets. But if you're just be doing whatever like feet, it also conveys it. I'm an American. Festival I'm calling them feet, and I'm going to call them feet because they stink. Feet's not feet's not the wow. way to pronounce it at all. It's it's fet if you're being real French, like Rick said. But if you're like Bo, like like Boba or Django, huh? Like Boba or Django. 
Fett. Like Boba or Django. Yeah, it's Fett. just Boba. Oh, that's yeah, a Star Wars way, reference, the by the way. The new other things that were added, the Fets are really the only thing I have access mm. to because I, mm. I, I don't have a lot of the side content done. It's mostly focused on the story. I'm never going to do them again. They are boring, they are tedious, and there are way too many people. Aww. It slows down my computer. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. And I noticed that if I want to get anything good out of the presents, I got to collect like 50 or 60 or 80 of those coins, True. and I got six during a run. So, to to yeah, be not, fair, though, grinding that out, I am not grinding that out. Right. The the other side, and right. Everybody's experience will vary. I will, you know, yeah. we'll preface this right now. Uh, from what I've seen, the RNG on on the the items that you can actually purchase with those Fet tokens is not bad. I actually got the mount and the attire coffer from the same Fet from the two boxes yeah. from the same one. Oh yeah, so, I got boxes during. Go ahead. Yeah. So it's it's just you know your methods may vary, but I've I've heard overall like if you do probably more than you've done right if you do like a, a, a full day of them probably a fair chance you'll you'll get the stuff um but you know not everybody's got that time not everybody has that art you know it's rng who who knows what'll happen i want RNG. Boxes. i got seven tokens and a piece of furniture for a house that i will never own and right so. and you know some some days are like that here's seven tokens and a balloon enjoy so i've, I've never even done them i probably never will but don't you know. need to ignore yeah. him okay yeah i haven't done it it's funny actually hearing you break it down though fusion i gave it i gave this category a two out of four mostly just because i was like well we didn't really get anything that big you know mm -hmm. what i mean i was kind of going like mm -hmm. we got some stuff i think it's nice stuff but it, you know in my mind when i was thinking about it i was like there's not really that much to the other category this time around but then hearing you kind of list everything out i was like oh maybe i would have bumped it up to a three because as somebody who is super invested in housing and who does like, you know, um, a lot of that stuff. I mean, we got a ton of super good furnishings. We got that housing exterior and then stuff that was like additions for like the ocean fishing and for like the fets and things. Even if I don't do them super actively, I do think it's nice that they are put in there so that at least it's not just like dead space, you know? And like, mm -hmm. that's something that I, you know, I get it. Even if it's not the most difficult thing, even if it is, yeah. you know, I'm it's, sure it's one of those things. It's just, down, it's, but... if you're on when it's going on, it's a super casual thing. You'll get something out of it. You could, you know, get a little bit of XP for like a crafter or something, you know, did whatever. They, did they give a reason why they only run the fets every couple of days? It seems My, really weird that they, they only they, do it every two days didn't but my assumption is is just so that the um there's still some you know, like the like token economy like sure, you know yeah. for for all that stuff like because you do get sky builder scripts um and you also you know the fed tokens you can use to get like the the die and stuff so it might just be a control for for some of that stuff yeah to be fair, like... i did nothing with ishgardian restoration i yeah. had zero experience with that so they probably just didn't want to put it on the the weekly reset. They wanted it more than that, but they were like, "What are we gonna? Okay, let's something a little bit more yeah. dynamic, but still on that that yeah. kind of two hour play schedule, like ocean fishing and the triple triad yeah. matches are now." Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and I mean, uh, if we get any other zones like this in the future, you know, if there's some sort of other restoration of in future right. things, I mean, kind of timing them together, I think will give them if they do mm -hmm. fence for that or you know whatever they do yeah. afterwards. Also, Square Enix, if you're if you're listening, just the the almighty Square Enix. Put those fets on the the timer menu. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> would I only got into mine because I just that would be to so nice. The, yeah. yeah. I don't want to have to like time. log in and go to the firmament to see like is this a exactly. fet day? Like just just put it on the thing. It's okay. Or just just even like a yes, they are active today. Like you don't need to give me like the, the actual minute and hour count. Just be like yeah. Mm -hmm. Today today's yeah. one of those days. 
that's one of those moments where, like we've kind of talked about before, I think it would be so great quality of life stuff to come, right? Where if you did mm. have like, when you logged in, you had some kind of login page you could choose to have enabled if you want, where something pops up and it's like, what's happening today in so, Final Fantasy? And you can see just immediately there, like your stuff. There technically is. Um, it's, there's, yeah, there's a, there's a window that you can have. You can either have it uh, pop up when you, it's yeah, just when you, though. yeah, but it's, it doesn't right. like, you just, you just want that expanded on. Yeah. Like something like yeah. that, that would show up where it would say like, cause recommendations, I think mostly right now and totally correct if I'm wrong, but I think that it mostly, like if you're in a zone, it'll yes. tell you like what kind of stuff it, but it's it's not, it, it'll show uh, achievements and hunts and yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I'd love it if it was something that was more of like a comprehensive breakdown that wasn't zone specific where like, mm -hmm. yes, you could see like, hey, did you know that in 30 minutes this thing's about to pop? And you'd be like, what is that thing? If you didn't know what it was or like you'd go, oh, man, I actually really wanted to catch that or, you know, stuff that you could yeah. just sort of see like immediately mm -hmm. at a glance. And I think that would also get people running some of that content that maybe they just haven't come sure. in touch with or they just definitely. don't know what it is, you know? Yeah, definitely. So for me, I'm realizing as we're talking about this, um, most things when I judge them start at a two and either go up or down based on my enjoyment or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas other, I think starts at a zero and it works its way up because those other things, we basically have to get something. Whereas in right. other, we might not mm -hmm. get anything. Um, yeah. So I haven't done the FETs at all. Uh, I have most of the stuff because all of my friends who've done them, well, one friend in particular, thanks, Monty, um, is just like, well, I have 17 of these. Would you yeah. like one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I have most of the stuff already. Yeah. I do think the housing scan is great. So at that point, I'm at about like a one and a half. Um, not going to change the housing skin. Not relevant to me. I think the Byako, uh weapon effect is awesome i'm a dancer didn't get one still round two uh what else is there fishing don't care too <laughs> what about i get it as assets huh yeah. the high-res 4k assets that they just added. that but yeah that, that to me yep. that's that's on my list because i have always played that super high resolution um and yeah it's just hard to read anything it's hard to see the, you know, it's just, it needed to happen. Mm -hmm. And I love that so much. Like, I switched over immediately as soon as I possibly could. And I'm like, oh, thank goodness. And, you know, it's such a small thing, right? It's not even, it's not a big deal. Yeah. But it really I helped me. It, I, I switched over and I appreciate it. But also, mm -hmm. I'm not really noticing it that much. Like, yeah. I, I, I notice it, especially on text, right? Yeah. But, mm -hmm. but it's like, okay, well, I noticed that. And cool. If thank you, you for that. Well, mm -hmm. I definitely notice on the layouts where I have any icons that are bigger than a standard size. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. all my like stuff on my screen is itty bitty. It's itty bitty. Like I have I have this yeah. big massive screen and then all of my stuff is tiny, tiny towards the bottom, right? So it's not like I'm really looking at it anyway. Well, for my tank, I got a big old slap this button to provoke because uh, <laughs> my keyboard's already full and it when they did the assets, it doesn't look like a blurry dude doing this anymore. It looks like a I, very I crisp and clear dude doing this. Yes, yeah, I definitely have heard people going, I didn't know that was lightning, or right. I didn't know that was a hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I yeah. blow up some of my, um, like, if I'm playing a dot class or something, or like Bard, mm -hmm. where I'm having to keep track of it, I like move them somewhere really easily visible for me and then like blow up the icon. So yeah, it's like, oh, Chris. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. When, when, when I was playing like Machinist early in the expansion, like I would have like a big drill like was up there, like all the big like this is up. You need to use it right now. 
<laughs> like, yeah. kind of things, right? A lot um, of people use a second icon for a timer. You know, the first icon yeah. is yep. actually in the bottom. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's I that's a smart idea. Do I should do that. Yeah, it, I tend to really do that good. until it gets ingrained in my in my head slash fingers, and then I don't right. use it anymore. <laughs> yeah, like I, I took that that drill thing off a while ago. Yeah, because I just yeah. I just know now. You know what I mean? After playing yeah. it for so long. Uh, it's been about 30 seconds, Iron Jaws. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to me, like, my my UI is completely, like, my, my minimap is in the center bottom with the two grids that I have on either side of it because I have an MMO mouse, so, you know, it's, it's yes. completely different. And I use QE and R, so it just worked out perfectly that I have two grids around a minimap, but it was so hard to see detail, right? Because mm -hmm. to fit it down there is kind of difficult, but... I love the changes to all the UI elements, including the minimap. Like that changed too, a little bit. You can tell, and it's so so amazing, especially because I use it in raid. The mm. the um, the uh, markers show up on the minimap, so I could just look down and go, "I'm facing." Okay, then I need to go this way, right? Yeah. And it's just so easy for me now, or at least easier to see. It's it's Maybe also interesting. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, right? It's going to depend on your setup and how you yeah, scale your UI you on top of that. Um, I've actually heard of some people getting better frame rates with the the mm. new UI. I, we immediately I got yeah. Podcast thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. and again, right? You know, your your methods may vary, right? But yeah, um, yeah. I don't know, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's you know, I, I notice a little bit of uh, of extra sharpness, and that's cool. Uh, mm -hmm. Really looking forward when they start the actual texture upgrades uh, uh, that yes. they said that please they were working on. Clipping, Cannot please. wait. Yeah, yeah. Not please. Ever. Watching those Asinian's hair pierce through his armor. I know he's powerful. His hair can't be that powerful. They're never, ever going to fix hair clipping, but they are going to make that hair beautiful. <laughs> I mean, I'm one of the rare few. I have, like, most of my friends just cannot stand clipping. I'm mm -hmm. over here like, give me hair that goes down to my butt. I don't care if it clips. <laughs> Will it drive me nuts sometimes, especially when I'm G-posing? Sure. But would I rather have the beautiful flowing hair down to my butt? <laughs> yes. So well, see, that's the thing. It wouldn't be beautiful flowing hair. It'd just be this long, like, solid I don't chunk. care. I don't care. I just want to be able to live my fantasy. If they have ponytails. That are like sectioned into three or four pieces, and the ponytails waggle. They could do that with your hair. They could yeah. do that with your hair. If we're doing long hair and don't care about clipping, we need to do long beards as well. Sure. I, I'm with you. We we so haven't even gotten even our stubble. stubble. Where's yeah. our stubble? We know they have it as the damn model after the the the, the trailers. We've seen it. We've seen it. Still haven't gotten it. We're just. Can I just be real with everybody? Uh -huh. One of my main RP characters is the Elizin that I've been mentioning, and I made him an Elizin man. And I was like, I've never made an Elizin. So, Aldino, I'm glad I could do you proud. I was like, I've never made an Elizin. Mm -hmm. I've never made a dude Elizin, but I've seen some that are really beautiful, and I believe that I can do this. And like getting into that CC, it was the most harrowing yep. experience. I was like, what is happening to him right now? No, no, no. What's a different nose? Is there a different nose? <laughs> and then when I got to like the actual facial hair, I was like, I want like a nice stubble. I want it to just look like I don't know any human being that yeah. just has a beard. You know, it's it's in. it's it's funny looking at the date and stuff. It was about this time two years ago. We asked Yoshida about the stubble. Yeah, because I knew we'd asked him. I looked it up. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, so we're like, it's hey, during this trailer, so like he's got stubble. What's up? He's like, 
Oh, I hadn't even really thought about that. I guess if he's able to grow it, it's only natural that everyone else could grow some too. Yeah. Yes, people have facial Nothing. hair, it turns out. And it yeah, is the knew? most really? awkward I've never having heard of these. It. Yeah, it's, it's so yeah. <laughs> awkward having all these weird facial hairs yeah. that are either just like the most aggressive mutton chops that have ever existed, which is fine <laughs> if that's your jam. Mutton it up if that's what you want. <laughs> But, like, mm -hmm. I don't want some weird sculpted dinky thing on my face. I just want a little bit of facial hair. And every time that I commission people, I have to, like, draw all over the screenshots and, like, I show them a million other commissions <laughs> yeah. and be like, please don't give him this horrible pointy facial hair. Please just <laughs> give him stubble. This is a small thing that could really change my life, Square Enix, please. Yeah. I just imagine they introduce Stubble, the other category. It's just, it's max of four. We all just give it a five. Like, done. Stubble. Got it. <laughs> yep. That's it. Well done. Yeah, How you do? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Oh. So this past, this past raid week, uh, Somebody says something to Charles about looking like Alpha No, and I was like, sir, how dare you say this to my friend? And they're like, mm -hmm. no, 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 no. He's got the outfit on. I look, Charles has yeah. the Alpha No outfit on. <laughs> just to just mess like, with them one night. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? He's like, no, I couldn't <laughs> put the hair on. And I'm like, no, you have to. So we go out, we come back in. He's got the hair. Oh, it's horrible. Well done. That Alpha yeah. No hair on a grown person is just not good. <laughs> oh, it doesn't, it looks weird. <laughs> It looks so weird. I I was like, I'll do it in white. Oh, this is horrible. My uh, my character has a skin tone close to mine. This does not look good. All right, I'll do it in black. It does not look good. All right, there's I, I maybe red, maybe like fire engine red. I don't know. Um, it's horrible. It's real. It probably bad. still looks better than the, what was it? The, was it the two B hair that was like glitching out or oh, was yeah. it working right on some heads? Nine <laughs> yeah. S, nine S with the weird cut and the shave. So Which is weird. the only one I've been able to get so far. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, like, everybody keeps asking, and this is just a little bit of an aside, but everybody keeps asking, like, what would you be most excited about with, like, the, you know, the next release of information, the live letter, and all sorts of stuff. And it's just, like, I would just like some general basic CC updates and the Viera Hrothgar thing to be addressed. Like, that's really where I'm at right now, mm -hmm. as far as my experience. Everything else I'm sure they'll do great with. But like, yes, please, can we get some different hairs? Can we get some textured yeah. hairs? Can we get some curly hairs? Can we get some longer hairs? Oh, no, can we, no, get, no. Can mm -hmm. we get something different? Because I do need it. We have facial hair that doesn't look like a triangle that I cut out with a piece of paper and then glued <laughs> on my face. Yeah. <laughs> please. You, know, uh, please. Like, you don't like the goatee? I hate it so much. Yeah. It's so creepy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> One of our so static members is also an LSM, but he's got like a very pale skin tone and like black hair with a black goatee and we call him Dracula. Yeah. That's basically <laughs> all you can get as that's, an elephant. That's how he looks. But wow. you know, I I gave this I gave other a three because of, you know, high definition and things like that, but also because of the changes to Boja. Boja, there's a yeah. little bit I mean, it, it makes me think that when I eventually try and do it, it'll be easier for me to catch up. And I appreciate that. That's really the one, like, that's the only thing in Other that I wanted to talk about as well. Like, it's yeah. cool. They're, they're, they're getting ready for the next area to come up, so they need to yeah. be able to yeah. get people through Boja and into the, the new one. So, yep. that makes Thank sense. Thank you. I probably should have gone three on this category, but I guess I'll just say too late. Too. It's too late. <laughs> we already, it's, it's done. Now. The numbers, the assets are made. We have images. It's, Ooh, is it score <laughs> time? Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, I, th I think most of us gave our scores already two two three um 
Josh is a one again. <laughs> He's like, man, I'm already breaking history given the the one one score. Let's like let's I'm, give two aside ones. Aside from the high res assets, the only other that I had access to were the fetes, and uh, fetes. no, never again. I appreciate that they put those back in because I was worried once the Ishgard re restoration was mm -hmm. over, that whole section of XP gain and little mini game fate mm -hmm. stuff would be gone. And so I'm glad they weren't just like, all right, trash, goodbye, and they put it back in in some fashion. Yeah. Is it fun? N not really, but is it decent XP? Yeah. You know, since we're still in the other category, I haven't done it yet. Did anyone do Leviathan Unreal? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I did Leviathan when it was new. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I feel like I've done Unreal. Leviathan Unreal. Oh, Leviathan Unreal has some interesting uh, things about it that we didn't have before. Like, all characters having the ability to not slide. Mm -hmm. what? Um, what? Oh, because you mean, like, sh like Sharkassy stuff? Or yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, huh. the, the whole thing where you get knocked off and don't come back on, that's still there. Mm -hmm, um, Astrologen apparently has a terrible time healing because <laughs> in Leviathan, when you heal, you get a debuff where your heals do less. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, like, uh, Scholar, I believe, had a really good time before because it's just like shield. That doesn't count as a heal, and you're fine for a little while, mm -hmm. and uh, my healing potency isn't taken down. Um, yeah. It's interesting to go back and have healers have to deal with that when they've forgotten about it because it's mm -hmm. like, Hey, I need a heal, and they're like, "I can't help you." It's like, but All I'm I can about think of to, is, and I'm dead. The the E3 where Leviathan was the battle challenge. Oh yeah, I ended up being on a scholar, and somebody had put cleric stance on, like turned it on, and then removed yeah. it from the bar. Yep. And I didn't oh. notice. They're like halfway to this was. I think this was the same the same one where talking with Koji on the side. He's like, you know, like we did the same event in Japan, and we had like a ninety percent clear rate. Yeah. <laughs> It was awful because it because it, it, it was not ones, yeah. It was like the oh, the, the second battle challenge because the first one was Ifrit yeah. before the game came out. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was a, it was a weird thing where it like wasn't the normal mode, but it also wasn't the extreme mode. Yeah, it was like this weird kind of hybrid, but the rail still dropped. Yeah, so it was it was awful. It was With awful. People, people at E3, you know, yeah. they're just getting into the line because they're like nobody has any idea game? what they're doing. Yeah. They ended up like having to like they put like all high gap. High, uh, high Allegan gear on the characters mm -hmm. and put food in the inventories. It's, it was bad. It was uh, uh, it was interesting to have to remind people of the Dread Wash, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is that you're supposed to stun so that it doesn't yeah. either put down a puddle on the deck where you touch the puddle, it makes mm -hmm. you uh, crazy and mm -hmm. run off the edge. Or just yeah. like the AoE that hits everybody makes you crazy and run off the edge. Just, no, you really actually have to keep stunning that so that we don't all we're dead. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the head tail division, you know, the split mm -hmm. on like which one you can attack and the tank swap. That was a big thing I remember from the OG. Yeah. I kind of wish they'd put something in with Unreal where there was like a debuff that gets applied at the beginning where you can't use like anti knockback abilities mm -hmm. where like you just have to do the whole like. Because that's so iconic in that I'm, fight. Well, game. I mean, there's a whole bunch of, of like moves that just ignore that anyway. You know what I mean? Like, they yeah, could have just. be able to, like, use the spumes if they weren't all dead and that you were doing the thing as a bard, just, like, shoot backward from it, be like, haha, bye. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's <laughs> cool tech. Right. I mean, yeah. the summoner thing is still in there. Like, you're not really supposed to attack the tail, but if you try disaster, your dots don't reflect. So, uh, <laughs> just saying, you know. You know. Right. So there's there's those little things from an age where I don't know, it felt like 
there was a lot of those to find. There still are in the raids, right? But not mm. so much in the dungeons and extremes. Yeah. I mean, there can be. It's really uh, freaking weird not having dots in that fight, man. Sure, yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, with that, that's going to put Other at 11, which gives us a total score of 71 out of 100. Uh, obviously, sure. if, if you know you think back to your school days, that's a C. That's still passing. Mm. Um, looking at all of our patches this is the lowest score we have ever given it is mm -hmm. the it's there's a lot of firsts in this review the first ones the first perfect score for one category mm -hmm. uh and and it's still yeah it's uh so 71 right so this is the, the lowest one the next highest yeah uh it's a tie between 4.5 and 5.2 by six points those were 77 mm -hmm. Interesting. I I mean, I actually think this is a really interesting one because, Marth, you've brought, like, such a different perspective to the table, being somebody who, like, has recently played through all the game and who has, like, a critical eye and and who does this literally. This is what you do. You, you know, mm -hmm. review and critique games, which I think is really cool to actually get that perspective. And it's funny because I really like, I liked this patch overall. I, it was by far one that I thought, you know, yeah, I was like, this is a good one. I feel pretty decent about this. But when I think about just like the actual amount of like large content that we got, which we didn't get a ton, you know, this time around, like we got the dungeon, like actual content content. We got like the dungeon, mm -hmm. we got the 24 man. Yeah. Um, we got this little side stuff, right? So it's like, when I think about that and then I think about how like half of that is the near raid, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Or mm -hmm. then I think about mm -hmm. like the story beats that maybe... Um, you know, we're really good like that, you know, Sorrows of Ver Oh, we got Trial too, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Verleet, like, which really was an incredible experience. And like, like we said, it's the first perfect score. And I think it was yeah. phenomenal and mm -hmm. I loved it. But like when I think about the large hunks of the rest of it that maybe brought it down, I can see how it got notched right. down. And mm -hmm. yet the stuff that I loved, I'm like, that stuff was so good. It's up there for me and it feels good. But I can see how it maybe got brought down a little bit. I feel like I'm. I was gonna yeah, go say. I feel like I'm normally the one that gives the lowest scores. Uh, a lot of the time, maybe not completely, but this time I maybe gave the highest. What so. happened? Yeah, we, we brought Josh on. That's what happened. Coming from the review side, of the site uh, for Gamer Escapes reviews, we pride ourselves on using the entire scale, right. one to ten. We don't just say, "Oh, it's bad." It gets a seven, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And also, the way you guys do your reviews here, we only have four numbers to work with. Yeah. One, two, three, and four. And when Werelet got a perfect yeah. four, everything else I experienced had to work around that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So while the while the MSQ and the other, which I gave a one, aren't like, mm -hmm. oh, this is broken, this is horrible, this is hor straight up bad content, when in comparison to the other items that we were giving scores to, a one is the only score that made sense to me. Mm -hmm. Just to reiterate, um, a lot of people in chat have been saying, and we said this earlier too, uh, it's really hard when this is half of a patch right. technically. So mm -hmm. we, we're aware, we're, we, we know, and we agree with you guys, it's difficult yep. when it, it's only half of the story mm -hmm. we got so far. And, yeah. and we're, we've taken that into account and we will next time too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we, we agree it's with a, you. It's, 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 it's one of those patch. things. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the way that, that this works... Um, Right. Anytime we get a patch, we kind of have this this set like cycle of, of how we do it. Right. It's we get, uh, you know, 
prelim notes is one episode, then we do hands-on, then we do the review, then we'll do lore cast, right? And so we can't, you know, I don't want to, like, okay, for 5.5, we, we're, we're still going to do all that, but we're going to do it, like, a month or two months later. It just, it doesn't really work with the, the, the flow and how they break this, you know, the, mm-hmm. the point, uh, the, you know, the point five patch is always kind of the weird one with the way that they handle it. Yeah. Um, so obviously we do acknowledge that, um, but you know, also like MSQ did get some pretty decent scores as well. So I, yeah. you know, I don't know if, if having that yeah. little bit of extra would have made a, a big difference. Maybe it would have, maybe it wouldn't, you know, it's, it's hard I'd to say. I'd love to be able to do 0.5 scores because yeah. I would have been like 3.5 on MSQ and I would probably would have been like 2.5 on uh, the raid. Uh, I, and, yeah. yeah. I also but... think it's so I know we're never going to do it. I'm just like... Decimals get messy. Mm-hmm. I also think it's so interesting too because when it comes down to it, right? Like two-part stories, you know? Yeah. We have... They are two different segments. So of course it is one overarching thing that then I think like afterwards we can look at but from an actual like playing kind of standpoint you know you have this sit down experience then you wait and then you have another sit down experience so I do like that we break them up into two because I think there is still something to be said from like a game development standpoint right where you're going well we understand this is going to be like a larger thing but we also realize that this is going to be like two different sit downs for people and so, like, we have to, in a sense, structure the larger thing, but then also structure the two smaller experiences to make sure they're still right. satisfying. I mean, and, people are reviewing Seven Remake. Why? Yeah. You know, in the same logic, you have to wait for probably 15 years until that's done. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, we, also, we reviewed Seven Remake. Go read it yeah. on Gamer Escape. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, uh, this Plug. guy right here did our review for Seven mm-hmm. Remake. Uh, exactly. Like, but, you have to take it plan. as a given. Exactly. And it's always interesting to me, too. I love like when we have guest reviewers like Marth, thank you so much for joining us. I love having hearing all the different opinions of players Mm -hmm. in the community from all their different sort of, you know, like spectrums of experience and things. It's really interesting because there's always going to be somebody that feels really strongly about one thing or the other. And the community, like nobody's invalid for having a certain experience, you know. So it's great to me to get to hear different people's opinions on these as well, because um, when we're all coexisting and playing an MMO together, that mix of different opinions is mm-hmm. something that is that, that they take into account with the overall player base, but that we should also take into account as we kind of formulate our own opinions. So I love it. And I love what yeah. any of you are like, I hated it. And I'm like, yeah. okay, dual time, let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. Because uh, I, do, I do appreciate okay. coming on and getting your audience to hate me for giving ones up. <laughs> go talk you know, to it, anyone it, who is waiting for an ultimate about what they would score this patch. Oh. Go talk to anyone who is waiting. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Sorry, Ultimate's not one of the categories. I know, but I'm just saying, right? It's an MMO. There are different people playing it. You're going to have that spectrum. One review is not good enough. It's really funny. Um, You know, a few weeks ago, as we were getting close to the patch, you know, we had this discussion of, okay, well, who do we want to bring on for the review? And it wasn't even a full 24 hours later. Josh was in uh, one of the chats. He's like, hey, I'm caught up with the story. If you ever, like, want me on the show. I was like, you know, we were just actually <laughs> thinking right. about the, the the timing was just incredible on that. Uh, just like last night when I was messaging Aldino for, for scores, literally as I hit send, he DM'd me the <laughs> yeah <laughs> his numbers. I was just done with work. <laughs> I was like, okay, off work, it's... I'm going to send the scores right now. Things are crazy like that sometimes. Um, Everyone so, yeah. can read your mind. <laughs> I guess that's actually uh, what it is. Sorry for not mm-hmm. telling you sooner. Yeah. Uh, well. 
Okay. Well, <laughs> I don't. I don't know what to say after that. I, I feel like. I feel like that's what you want when you lead a team, unless your team is bad, and then they know that you hate them. <laughs> I mean, it's why we we always joke about the rope, you know, in, in the D and D game. Yeah. We, we know we your know deepest thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, fusion. I There's, actually ropes are helpful. You. I don't. <laughs> You keep, you know, teasing me about how I haven't seen Civil War, and the truth is, I actually got all the plot spoilers from your brain when we were all sort of just mm. like perusing your thoughts. And I just don't feel inclined to ever. Watch I would it. also just like to, with you having mentioned that, I feel like I'm always the one like bringing that up first and shaming you. You did it to yourself this time, so that makes <laughs> me feel a little bit better that I I didn't bring it up. Though I think uh, somebody in chat actually brought it up earlier. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, like right when we were starting, somebody had 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 yeah. So anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, so that is gonna be it for us here. Uh, next week, uh, I think we're taking off. Is is the plan? Uh, but we have a lot of stuff coming up. Yeah, it was Masiga. Yeah, yeah. Masiga. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll send you that check later. Um, <laughs> I love you, Masiga, even if, you, even if you're getting in on it. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, next week, uh, that'll be May 1st. We will not be here. So enjoy your, uh, your, your Saturday, whatever uh, you decide to do. Um, the week after that, May 8th, ladies and gentlemen, we will be doing a lore cast. I, I turned on the anonymous signal and he answered. So mm -hmm. we will be joined. Yeah, it's just it's the bat signal, but a moose head. I actually mm -hmm. I actually have I actually made one of those at some point. I don't know where it is. I'll have to find it. <laughs> uh, I think I put it on the lore forums once. Um, yeah. Anyway, so uh, eighth will be five point five lore cast. The week after that. Do you guys know what the week after that is? The second week of May. Do you know what the, it is? The, wow. Could you, could, Third week please talk louder into your mic and be more. That's Fan speak. Fest. I'm so excited. excited. We're, we're at Fan Fest excited. already. Oh, Fan Fest. Um, yeah. so, it's uh, be loud in your microphone over. Can we try it for Daniel Fest? No. no. <laughs> because, because as aforementioned, he a little bitch. So Daniel Fest. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah. So for for people that don't know, Lorecast, we'll be uh, diving into the MSQ stuff like hard, like like think of like a big giant pool, and we're just gonna dive all the way down to the bottom of it and just chill Anonymous, and sit and talk about everything. Anonymous has all the arcane historical knowledge, all of the <laughs> you know like history of Final Fantasy fourteen contained in his brain. He knows everything. He that he helped. Hired he fact checked. Yeah. He fact checked the second lore book, so uh, yeah, yeah, he knows he knows his stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, week after that, fifteenth, um, we'll talk about it off off stream. Um, we're gonna have to figure out how we're gonna do that. Uh, right. So maybe maybe we'll do a, a different day. I I don't know. I don't know how that'll yeah. work. We'll figure it out. We'll let you guys know uh, on the eighth how how that'll go down. But. Uh, that live. is gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. Just co live co stream it all night. Co stream. Oh my gosh. Oh dear. Just saying. Uh, I mean, I mean, look, I might be down. I might be exhausted, but I might. I be like down. you guys. I like you guys. That could be fun. Oh, yeah, thanks. Okay. Thanks. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Decent people. Uh, yeah. So we'll 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 uh, we'll we'll figure that out and and what we're gonna do for that. So. Uh, 
pajama party. There we yes, go. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, you can email us, 8th Radio at gamerscape.com. You can tweet at us at 8th Radio. You can find us on Discord, discord.gg slash gamerscape. Uh, we have an 8th Rate Radio channel on there. You can talk to us about the show. Um, you can also, of course, find us on Twitter and Facebook uh, at Gamer Escape. Uh, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us today. Uh, thank you again to Josh, our managing editor at Gamer Escape, who was our guest reviewer uh, for Patch 5.5. Um, and that that's going to do it here for this week. So we'll see you here uh, back uh, May 8th. Or Lurkast. Bye bye. Farewell. Bye.